I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack, having fun with a world gone crazy. Brought to you by Farron Farrah. That's the update. Okay, everything that I said is going to happen is happening, which is not good. This isn't a good thing, but I predicted this. The media is turning on Israel. Slowly, but they're turning on Israel. They want to join with the cool kids at the colleges that hate this country and hate Jews. Seriously. Why would, why, why would you want to join that? Aren't they bought by the government? What's the government say? All right, here's what's going on. Now, the ground assault's about to happen. Uh, Israel has warned 1.1 million Jews, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, 1.1 million Palestinians to leave. They gave maps. They told them where to go, except Hamas is taking their keys. They're taking their keys, their telephones, their passports, everything. And even if they didn't take that stuff, Egypt is not letting them in. So they're stuck there. And this is what Hamas wants. They want civilian casualties. This is what these morons at these colleges don't get. These morons. I mean, have you seen the protests? It's insane what's going on at the universities in this country. Those people ought to all be shipped out. From the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. What that means is exterminate the Jews. That's what they're saying. This We said never again. Here we are. We're... We're, we're living Nazi Germany all over again. Think about it. We got people in this country at college campuses calling for the extermination of the Jews. Idiot morons, 18 to 24 year olds. So anyway, they're not letting them into Egypt. Hamas has taken their keys. Here's an alleged conversation between the Gaza resident and the ADF intelligence officer in Israel. <laughs> They're not letting us go. Uh, here's what he says to Gazan. They are preventing people from leaving. The IDF officer, tell me where it is that they're, they're stopping you. The Gazian, those are here in the agency. They are taking away the ID card and the key car keys. The IDF officer says, you mean the movement, Hamas? And he says, who's stopping you, Hamas? And the guy says, yes, yes. And then Egypt is not letting us cross the border. Now, why would Hamas stop the people from leaving? Because they want to use them as human shields. So when the attack happens, they're protected by civilians. Not only that, they want them dead. They want civilian casualties on the news in America. And the media here who hates this country will air that. And look, Biden's already, I tell you what's slowing the ground, the ground movement down is that Biden... Biden wants Israel to back down and he's already turned and the media is backing him 100%. They don't want him going into because what? Because the all these all these residents of Gaza are going to start showing up dead on TV and they like that. They side with the students. They Why didn't they show all the people that were dead after the Israel attack? Where was that? They they barely did because the media is on the side of the terrorists. I'm telling that's ridiculous. No, it's true. And now they can't escape because the border's closed. Uh, the border is closed. The border is secure. See, Mallorca's is right, at least about Egypt. 
So the media shift continues. Biden is now touting restraint. I knew this was going to happen. Tom Cotton said it last week. What Israel needs now more than anything is freedom of action. There's no question that the Israeli defense forces can destroy Hamas inside the Gaza Strip. But they need the freedom of action and time to destroy Hamas. What the media wants to do is, is, is the continuous division of people in this country. They want to paint the oppressor and the oppressed. Israel is the oppressor. The Palestinians are the oppressed. Except you got to understand one thing. The truth about this all, which is not popular, is that the Palestinians voted Hamas in. They voted for them to be their leaders. Kinda and like now they're using them as human shields mm -hmm. and they're using them to show death photos on TV so people will side with Hamas, which they already are as sick as that is. Now, wh why does Israel need our permission to do anything? <sighs> because they do, because... Yeah, really like, who, what... what? Why does everybody go, all right, America, what do we do? Be you decide well, which way are we going with this. Like, why is that a, up be to us? Because we're a much bigger, more powerful nation. Israel needs our support, and we support them right now, and they're going to pretty much do what, uh, you know, our government says to do. Do they need our su support like that? We're one of their okay, only allies. Israel, Israel is the size of New Jersey, you know? I mean, they're not, you oh, know. Isn't it bigger? I mean. They have a fierce fighting force, but it's like it's microscopic. bigger than Hamas, No. Yes, but not. But there would we. They need our help. If Hezbollah comes in the north, and we get an attack from the from the west, from the east, I mean, into Israel, and you got a three prong war, they're going to need our help, boots on the ground. But we're an ally. They're an ally of us, mm -hmm. and we're the powerful nation. So yeah, they need us. It's always Team America, World Police to the rescue. Except for when you know. Well, there's places we don't belong. I mean, uh, you know, we never belonged in Iraq. I know those people still think George W. Bush was right, but that was because he went to go finish what his dad wouldn't. I'm just him. trying to figure out what our what our gain is here, because we're always sticking our nose in something we don't need to be in, and you know, then we, it's our, always for some kind of weird little secret reason that we end up revealing to the public 10 years after the fact. There's no real little secret here. They're our ally. They're our number one ally. Why wouldn't we stick their nose in there? I mean, I'm not saying don't go help your people, but at the same time, I feel like Israel's fairly capable, and... I don't know why they need our permission for everything. Okay, get. Why am I? Why am I? Why am I, why am I, I just don't understand what what makes us, you know, the daddy country to everybody, and why because they couldn't we just can't, do their own thing. Why do they need our permission for everything? I just told you. Why you am think, I arguing with you? Are they the only ally? Are we the only ally? Are no, they asking anybody else's there permission? Are, they're our number one ally. They're not. They're not a force like we are. They need our help. If they get attacked from three sides, they're going to need boots on the ground from the U.S. Yeah, that's why we got two aircraft carrier groups in the ocean right near there. Anybody else coming? I don't know. I'm just asking. What's France doing? What are all these other people doing? Chill. Set on their hands. Help me here. It's your child. Do we do, you, I, I am I the only person I asking these questions? Marriage. It's, it's Have we done a paternity kid. test here? <laughs> All right. U.S. Uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin put a significant number of U.S. troops on standby to be ready to deploy. It's 2,000 of them over the weekend that happened. U.S. official confirmed that Austin issued orders to troops that they should be ready to deploy in the eastern Mediterranean within 24 hours of getting that order. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin initiated these be ready to deploy orders over the weekend. Uh, if they are needed for further defense of Israel. Now, the Wall Street Journal first reported this story that the military had selected about 2,000 troops to prepare for a potential deployment to support Israel. All right, I already said all that. Tell me something I don't know. 
The U.S. is about doubling the Navy presence in the region, dispatching the Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group to the eastern Mediterranean to join the Ford Carrier Group that's already there. On top of the missiles and warplanes, the Navy's posi positioning in the region, the Air Force has announced it's sending squadrons of F-15, F-16, and A-10 fighter aircraft, giving the U.S. more than 100 attack planes in the region. The Pentagon says it's also working to fulfill Israeli needs for munitions, air defense, precision-guided artillery and medical supplies yeah can't we just wouldn't it be easier for us to move some of that stuff from ukraine <laughs> i mean it's closer <sighs> not to be rude but i feel like they've already got like half of our military over there can't you just grab some of those guys our military's not in ukraine we have some three thousand advisory officers we don't have Didn't anybody we send a bunch of weapons and stuff yeah over there? we sent weapons and we sent uh money and everything else okay grab some of that <laughs> I'm seeing a lot more war, like Jill was saying yesterday, there's a lot more war footage coming out of Israel in that it's whole true. area than there is out of the, Ukraine now. The so, thing that irritates me that I don't understand is, you know, Hamas came in, attacked all these Israelites, and then they're they're sitting there and they're all dead, and then Israel wants to fight back, and it's like two brothers fighting, mommy and daddy going, the big brother beat the crap out of the younger brother, and the mom and dad go, okay, stop, go to your corners, it's like... No, 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 no. You beat the crap out of us. Now it's our turn to beat the crap out of you. Nobody, I understand that everyone's instinct is to go, oh, stop, keep the peace. We need to make this peaceful. People are dying. But it's like, you have a bunch of their hostages. And now they're like, okay, give us our hostages back. You already killed a bunch of our kids, killed a bunch of our families. We're going to come in. We're going to bomb the crap out of you. And they're like, well, that's not fair. Well, here, here, look, the bottom line is Hamas and people in these campuses want the total extinction of Jews. It's Hitler. It is It is the entire thing all over again. Watch Schindler's List. You want to know what's going on? That's what they want to have happen. Is it Schindler large, though? I don't know how big they are. I don't know how big they are or how massive of an organization that is. Okay, but. they're well-trained. They plan well. They're not stupid. And they're you have to understand, people in Israel, they're not... Nobody has any weapons, or they do now, but before they didn't. That's why... Everyone here was saying, see why it's so important for us to have the Second Amendment so we can protect ourselves against a government rising up because these Hamas went door to door killing these people that had no way to defend themselves. All right. So uh, Hamas wants to wipe out the Jews entirely. There's no there's no negotiating that the Palestinians, half of them voted for Hamas. So they're in on it. The other half want to live their lives. Those are the poor ones that are going to get in the middle of this and be collateral damage. It sucks. It really does suck. And they're trying to get out, and they can't because they're going to use them as human shields. Mm -hmm. But what, what, several, what Trump said that offended a lot of people is true. They're part of this. Whether they like it or not, they voted these people in. They had a choice. They got sucked in just like we get sucked into stupid stuff. It's like California. We hate this guy. Okay, you can vote him out. Oh, we're going to vote for him again. All yeah. right. That makes All right. sense. I got to get to Sunday because we missed this yesterday and this was this was hysterical. Hysterical, sad. This had all the emotions of a good movie. Scott Pelley, who used to be a great journalist, who is now just a shill for the White House. He really is. It's sad to watch. 60 Minutes used to be revered as, man, 60 Minutes. If you get on 60 Minutes, man, you're you're at the top of the news. This is it. I just remember the ticking of that clock used to stress me out. Oh, yeah, on a Sunday night before you got to go in? Come on. <laughs> so Scott Pelley has President Biden on, and before he puts him on, he has to run a disclaimer as to why you're going to hear somebody who's completely senile. Wait, Rarely what? does a president confront so much peril. The catastrophe in Israel, the war in Ukraine, and no help from a paralyzed Congress. 
Late Thursday, we met President Biden at the White House. It had been a rough week, and we could see it on him. I mean, you, you always see it on him. You, yeah, do you hear all this? This is all the excuses. Disclaimer continues. Mm-hmm. Mr. Biden will be 81 next month, and he has said that when he's tired, his lifelong stutter can creep back in. Okay, I've heard a lot of Senator Biden. Oh, knock it off. Never, ever do it. I find a clip where he stutters. He only started the stuttering crap later in life, and it's not a stutter. When you mumble and you just don't know where you're going or where you are or what you're doing, it's not a stutter. But go ahead, Scott. But he wedged us into his schedule. Oh, my God, because he's oh. so busy. It yeah. was just a week ago where they put the lid on him. They call it putting mm-hmm. a lid on the president at 1145 in the morning. He's done. He gets up at 9 a.m. Right. <laughs> he's very busy, you know, with Blinken handling all his stuff and everybody else running around to handle his stuff. He was supposed to be at like an environmental meeting in Colorado. Yeah. Well, he had shuffleboard, and then it's all you can eat applesauce. Yeah, of course, my afternoon nap, too. Come on. Well, this was heavily edited by the CBS production crew, so uh, uh, beware. Now, here's the first question. Here's an example of what they call a stutter and we call senile. He asks them about the evacuation of civilians out of Gaza. We're also talking with the Egyptians, uh, whether there's an outlet to get these children and, and women out uh, um, into out, out of the that area at this moment. He doesn't even no. know what he's talking about. That area. He doesn't even know where he is. But it's, it's hard. You would like to see a humanitarian corridor that allows some of the two million Gazans out of the area. He's answering the question for him. Do you hear this? Yep. Scott Pelley is interviewing himself. He's, a, he's interviewing himself. I'll drop little nuggets, and then that way you know what to say. It's like he's trying to coax a tired old yep. donkey up a, up a hill with an mm-hmm. old piece of carrot. Come on. Come on. Here here you go. That when he's tired, his lifelong stutter can creep back in. Next question that Scott's going to answer for him. Uh, would you support Israel's occupation of Gaza? Would you support Israeli occupation of Gaza at this point? It would be a mistake to uh, for Israel to occupy Gaza again. We did, but, but to going in and taking out the uh, the extremists, the uh, Hezbollah. No, no, Hezbollah. Is up north, no, 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 no. Hezbollah is up yeah. north, not not what we're t- we're talking about Hamas. Hamas. So let's rewind that again. The uh, the extremists, the uh, Hezbollah is up north, but Hamas down south is a necessary requirement. What? He doesn't know, he doesn't have no... Did he go to the Kamala Kamala School of, like, debriefing? Is that what happened? I don't think he went to school. Well, no, he did. That's right, he graduated top of his class, and he got a law degree, and I've been a professor. (laughs) Last question where he puts words in his mouth, that's about Hezbollah. Limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. What? Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. (laughs) He's answering the question for him. This is bad. He could have left Biden out of it and just answered the questions for us. Do you think Trump was watching this, ripping his hair out, going, oh my God. Of course. And there's people that will still vote for him. He's done. I'm telling you, he's not going to make it to next year. He's not going to be running for president. He's not going to make it. I, I give him first quarter. February, he's going to announce that he's, he's got to step down. He's going to do it himself. And, and Joe Biden will be crying there, and it'll be just pathetic looking. How is this guy in charge? That's a great question. 
because and why, people why? cared more about voting against Trump than who our actual leader was going to be. Exactly. Wow. I can't Wow. I mean, honestly, the 60 Minutes guy did a good job there. Scott Pelley, I got to give him credit. What do you mean? I mean, imagine trying to coax a toddler through that. He's a Scott Pally is a shill. He just answered the questions. Yeah, for but it's a completely it, one-sided interview. That's yeah, what I'm but saying. Rick he is made saying, it seem like it was two people, but it's really just him. Rick saying Rick saying that Scott Pally is complicit in this because you're, yeah. just, you're you're not being a good journalist. You're doing an injustice. Well, he's probably paid a lot of money. You're lying to the American people, and you know there's people out there that are just as senile as Biden who can vote and are listening to this, going, "Yeah, you see, Joe cares. That Joe didn't say anything. Scott said it all." Maybe he should run for office. If you're an American today and you love this country, you should be really scared that what I just played you. Mm. And the scary part is every other politician be doing the same thing. How do I lie to you and get you to vote for me again? No, do they speak not, coherently? But uh, look, oh, I could yeah, take, I could take a, I could take a Gavin Newsom lying to your face because then we can have a discussion about it and we can he can re- try to reason his lie. But this this is not about that. This guy's completely gone. He's senile. He's not running this country. No. Who's running the country? But I definitely agree with you. There is a huge level of like denial within the government and the media, like. No, this is fine. It's like how long? Do, how long do you have to say this is fine before the house is just completely burned down? Mm-hmm. Couple of notes here: twelve-year-old Daytona Beach girl is missing. Has been missing for days. Deputies in Volusia County are looking for a missing twelve-year-old girl, Lily Wiley. Left her home Friday night. Hasn't been seen since. Oh, no. uh, she was contacted over the weekend and confirmed she's safe, but she hasn't disclosed where she's staying. This has got to be domestic. Uh, she was wearing a black tank top and black pants. Call 911 if you see her. I, don't, I guess there's a photo at the sheriff's office, Volusia County. Best Buy is doing away with all the DVDs. What? All the Blu-rays and DVDs, gone. Oh, so no one can own anything ever again. Got it. That sounds nice. Usually when you walk in, they're in the bins, like before you get all to the big electronics. It's just like the little bins there. Do you hear what the CEO of Best Buy said? It's no. cracked me up. So I guess their sales have been down. And he blamed, you ready for this? Ready for this? Taylor Swift. Why? He said more people want to spend their money on experiences like going to see the Taylor Swift concert rather than big electronics. And so he said it's her fault that his sales are down. No, no, we like electronics. You just charge too much. But that's ridiculous. No, they don't. I, I think Best Buy has some decent prices. Compared to Amazon? Yeah, actually. Best Buy has decent prices, and I'm not going to say this about every salesperson, but we had one sales guy that I was like, how do you work here? Like, we walked in, we were just replacing one of our TVs that had died, and I was like, here's the size I want, here's the kind I want, here's the amount of money I want to spend. And he was like, well, I mean, if you want a piece of garbage TV, here it is over here, but if you want the good thing, it's the 4K 85-inch. I'm like, I don't want the 85-inch. You work on commission, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, I just want this. He's like, well, fine. If you're happy with trash, I'll go get it for you. I'm like, you're not going to intimidate me into a bigger TV, buddy. I came in here knowing what I want. If you're happy with trash. I never had a sales guy like that. They've always been helpful. Oh, no. Wow. This is just this guy. I just looked at him. My husband just looked at him, and I was like, you know... Just go get me the damn TV and shut up. Well, you just got lucky because I never got somebody like that. How much is this? I don't think this would fit you. Well, I didn't ask if it would fit. I asked how much it was. How much is this, Marie? It's very expensive. <laughs> so it, uh, right after the holidays, it's all going to be gone. I remember going in there. That, they called it a lost leader. Well, it was funny because you would come in and if the whole family was there Christmas shopping, like the kids would look through the DVDs and the parents would go back and look at the refrigerators or the TVs or whatever it was. And you'd always go, oh, I love this movie. Can I get this DVD? Not that anybody has DVD players anymore, but 
Well, yeah. Well, and finally, uh, got a big announcement to make. Oh, boy. Really? I was an emergency hero on Sunday evening. Really? You? Yeah, I was on the corner of 17 and 15. I was the only one at the... Re- well, the red light came on. Uh-huh. And, and someone had, needed hot sauce, and you had it in your purse. And I remember I had to slow down real fast, because I was I was going pretty pretty fast. Uh-huh. And I stepped on the brakes. I remember I didn't want the stuff in the backseat to fly and hit me in the head. So <laughs> Where was this? This on 15A and 17. So I slowed down, got to the red light, just turned red. As soon as I stopped, I heard... Boom! It was like a flash out of nowhere. Uh, an Audi was coming uh, east on 17, and I think what they saw was the yellow light and floored it. Gotcha. And then there was another car who was coming from the going south, the other way in the other direction on um, 15A. And yeah. I think that person saw that the light was going to turn green in time for her to make it, didn't kept, slow down. And kept going. And kept going. So she was just playing her bets, you know? Uh-huh. So she, uh, as soon as the light turned green, she went. The Audi was already trying to run the red light and ran the red light right T-bone this person. Oh, no. The thud was like nothing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my god! Piece of the car flew into my back <gasps> of a seat. No way. Yeah, one of the car pieces of the car flew into my back seat. I didn't even know till after it was all over. Uh-oh. I found this thing when I got home in my back seat. I go, what is this? And it was part of the inside of the fender. Oh, oh your gosh. window was down? Yeah, but thank God my window was down. Dude. And a TV flew over my hood. Uh-oh. I don't know where that came from. I still don't know. It's still there. So, uh, yeah, so I was the only one there. So uh, I called 911. The lady goes, can you do me a favor? I need you to run over there and see. Was it a, any, any car turned over? Uh, anybody... You know, trapped in their car. Is anybody hurt? Yeah, is anybody hurt? Uh, Tell me what's going on. So I ran over to the one car, and she was fine. And then she said, can you run to the other car? I go, yeah, but it's like it's like 20 yards down the road. Yeah. But I did. I ran over there, and then I realized how out of shape I was. <laughs> and I ran over there, and there got one guy in the back seat. His nose is broken. <gasps> the other girl, there was something fishy going on there, but I don't what? know. Uh, it happened so fast. I've heard that before. And uh, they were all fine. Everybody was okay. Shocked. I mean, the airbags will mess you they up. They were really able to bad. walk away. Is what yeah, you're well, one girl was still sitting down. The guy with the broken nose wasn't getting up. But uh, but it was kind of a lot of adrenaline. It was, it was I don't like to say it was fun. <laughs> you no, no, were no. a first responder? I was a first responder for two seconds. You want to hear how it went? Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, all right. When danger strikes, an emergency hero is there to respond. Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. 911, where is your emergency? It's on the corner of 17 and 15A, T bone accident. Is there anyone trapped in the vehicle and not breathing? I'll check. Ma'am, are you okay? I'm a little shook up, but why are you talking like that? It's my emergency voice, ma'am. Aren't you that guy on that morning show? That's right. Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. Hey, get your hands off my ass. What are you doing? Oh, checking your vitals. Emergency hero Rick <laughs> Stacy holds the scene down while the EMTs arrive. Sir, I need you to check the other vehicle. I'm running over there right now. Oh, oh, someone's not breathing. Who is that? It's me. I just ran 10 feet. Send me an ambulance or a diet plan. 911 looks like the driver's in shock. Yeah, I'm in shock you're so out of shape. Shut up, sir. (laughs) And why is a doofus morning show host pretending to be an emergency hero? Also, is Smokestack always really stoned on the air? When tragedy strikes and you need a dumbass with a cell phone running around pretending to be an emergency hero, call Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. Hey, can the ambulance give me a lift back to my car? 
I thought it was only 10 feet away. Tell you what, I'll have them drop you off at Planet Fitness instead. <laughs> I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Why do you say crazy stuff like that? Now that isn't true, is it? On the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Crazy Talk brought to you by All Electric Services. So we have ourselves a new Olympic sport for the Olympics in 2020. Oh, God. What is it now? It's uh, tile setting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty boring to watch. Oh, oh, oh like the what do they have? The, what's that thing called with the big piece of cement that goes down the ice when you take your broom and you curling? sweep? Uh, yeah, curling. <laughs> and what is such that? a weird sport. It's, it's like... It's almost like bocce, but on ice and with brooms. And you have to like keep the ice really smooth, right? So the thing keeps moving. Well, your your the the broom provides friction, which gently melts the ice, which allows the stone to move faster. But what? Professor Smokestack. Professor Smokestack. He's full of random tidbits and other useless crap. The sport I am talking about for the 2028 Olympics is flag football for both men and women. Oh, that's not a sport. That's make-believe football. It's like no-tackle football. I know what flag. We used to play flag football all the time. I played flag football for my sorority in college. I was right offensive guard. Exactly, for your sorority. Mm -hmm. This is not for the the, 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 the Olympics. the fraternities did it, too. You just can't tackle, although some of these big bitches. That's the best part. Yeah, that was the whole point. You Make to- sure you didn't get up again. Nobody goes, oh, when a guy grabs the flag. They go, oh, when a guy gets sacked. That's <laughs> So uh, let's see. It's going to be in LA. I didn't realize it. God, poor California. Like they can take any more crap. I got so much crap going on there anyway. You think they can handle the Olympics in 2028? Not without a, not with clean sidewalks, put it that way. No, not at all. The feces games brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> Remember the pink eye incident they had in Sochi? Yes. I might make a comeback. Who was that? Who was the sportscaster? Bob um, what, Costas. Bob Costas. He got pink eye on the air. He was Gross. like. Gross. Dude, his eyes were just oozing the whole time. He's like, oh, I'm here at the Olympics. Can you look over there and see who's on the stage? Is there just that much poo in the air? Well, I don't know. I think it was just uh, not the best well, conditions. I mean, and- when they got to Sochi, even the rooms weren't finished yet. Do you remember that? They oh, could- yeah, everything was under construction Yeah, still. it wasn't like, you, you know, we haven't made the bed yet. No, the room wasn't completed yet. Wow. There was no heat. The guy's like, I have a visqueen wall. <laughs> it's not yeah. even drywall up. There was rooms without walls. So this next story is kind of, I want to, I hate to say typical these days, People have grown, and I'll get a hate email about this, but I don't care. You need to be called on your bad manners. Uh, people have grown tackier and tackier as the days go on. And uh, we've had discussions on the show about people charging people to come to their wedding, which is super tacky. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's $85 a person, so you give me $85 and you can go. No, I'm not paying for your wedding. You're the one that wants the wedding. Right. If you can't afford it, don't have it, Right. This is something along those lines. Uh, Here's a woman that revealed that her friend wanted to charge her and all of the other guests $20 to attend. Are you ready? Here's the double kicker. Their gender reveal party. 
Really? She got the invite, and it said uh, they are asking the guests to cover the cost of hosting the event and wanted to know if it was rude for her friend to expect this. She said uh, each guest will have to pay $20 to attend. Um, it was a fairly decent size gender reveal. I, first of all, I don't understand the whole gender reveal When did thing. this become a thing? I don't know. I didn't have, like, when I was pregnant, this wasn't a thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 30 guests said you don't have to bring a gift, which I don't think you bring gifts to gender reveals. I, you bring gifts to baby showers. I've never been to a gender reveal and I didn't have one, so I I'm don't not, understand them. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be at her her own house. Right. And I guess she didn't feel like paying for it, so she's going to throw the party and she wants to be reimbursed and she wants to know if it's tacky, to which I say yes. But uh, other yeah. people might. The whole thing's stupid. Isn't it gender to re- reveal when the baby's born? And how many people actually care? Oh, you people show up to this crap all the time. No, husbands, but I mean, you show husbands up are one forced thing, but, to go and dress in like a blue or a pink yeah. or a. I'm I mean, team blue. Nobody cares. It's a 50 50 shot. Great. You had a kid. There you go. Here's a toaster. We're done. Well, Smoke, you're going to get canceled for saying 50 50 because now there's apparently 37 different genders. No, no, I'm pretty sure chromosome wise, <laughs> you have two options. You know, my gender reveal was when the doctor was like, oh, do you want to know the sex of the baby? And I was like, sure. And she's like, I see a penis. <laughs> and I was like, great, it's a boy. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, so um, this story is not really important, but I just thought it would be funny to do. So everyone knows who Shooter McGavin is from Happy Gilmore, right? You know what? Uh, big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher McDonald. So I guess he's a big fan of the Buffalo Bills, and he was at the football game on Sunday, and apparently he was shwasty-fasted. He was white girl spring break wasted because he was walking around, and they were like, oh, look, there's Christopher McShooter McGavin. And they were all doing, like, the finger guns to him, and oh, he was just God. couldn't even walk down the hallway, apparently. Mm. He was like, he was playing bumper cars. You ever done that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's easier on a cruise ship because the cruise ship's moving. So yeah, you just can blame it on the, the, the waves. Right, right, right. So he was walking down the hallway and I guess he'd bump into one wall and bump into another wall and then bump into another wall. So two men actually had to save him from falling flat on his face because I guess he was nice. getting ready to go forward. Yeah. And, uh, and then he was needing assistance to get down in his seat. Like he needed people to actually, he couldn't just sit. I guess ah, he we've was all gonna, been there. You go to sit down and you somehow sit on the other arm of the, the other chair that is only one. <laughs> <laughs> or you sit in somebody's lap by accident. That's the worst. All I right. worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. He always played such a good bad guy in movies, oh, you know? Yeah. But I mean, Shooter McGavin, obviously the most the most popular. And we briefly discussed this yesterday off the air. We like to share things off the air and just keep them from you. But we decided it was important enough to tell you about it. This goes under the category of, I'm so rich, let's see how much stupid stuff I could do, right? Oh. So there was an online petition to have Jeff Bezos purchase the Mona Lisa and then eat it. Why? Because he can. And so he's kind of wondering why this is all going on. It's got 20,000 signatures, by the way. Wow. I'm Jeff Bezos. Now, everyone, stop it. Now, you know who you are. You're one of the 20,000 people who signed an online petition for me to purchase the Mona Lisa and then eat it. Uh, what the what now? All right, let's set aside for a moment the part where I'm eating the Mona Lisa. I'm not purchasing the Mona Lisa. I had a similar experience that went bad when I forked over $38 billion to my ex-wife. 
And let me tell you, when the check cleared, she had a much wider smile than Da Vinci's masterpiece. <laughs> and if I did purchase the Mona Lisa, why would I eat it? I own Whole Foods. If I want to spend a gazillion dollars on something inedible, I'll just buy a bag of artisanal kale chips. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Ready for some stupid news? You must think I'm stupid. Now, here's Rick Jill and Smokestack. All right, this... <laughs> Wow, this isn't funny, but it's just, it's just, I, I, I don't know what to say. Oklahoma judge, you got to imagine she was elected. Uh, she was nominated and elected, and she sits as chief justice on the Oklahoma Supreme Court, not oh. the Oklahoma Traffic Court, the Oklahoma Supreme Court. She's presiding over a case where a man has murdered a two-year-old child. Whoa. It's a long, drawn-out trial case. She's the judge. They're in the judge. They're in the courtroom. The courtroom has five billion cameras. Yeah. One of them directly over the judge's head. Right. And I'll let the news guy tell the rest here. Listen to this. Lincoln County District Judge Tracy Soderstrom has only been on the bench since January, but she may soon be out of a job. An investigation by the Oklahoma Supreme Court found Soderstrom exchanged in more than 500 texts with her courtroom bailiff during a murder trial involving a two-year-old. The text included in a court filing showed that she mocked prosecutors, praised the defense attorney, and called the key prosecution witness a liar. And he yeah, she, so the bailiff is standing what? right next to her. So she's texting back and forth to the bailiff standing four feet from her. Can you imagine if that was your child that got murdered and the judge could give two craps about your trial? No, you're right. During the texting, some of them she used laughing emojis. She was making fun of people in the courtroom. Soderstrom at one point included comments questioning whether a juror was wearing a wig, if a witness had teeth, and calling a police officer pretty, saying, I could be with him all day. Oh my gosh. She's just bored. Yeah, it's, a bad look. it's amazing. And even That's... laughed at a comment made by the bailiff about a prosecutor's genitals. <gasps> and one exchange about the prosecutor, Soderstrom, asked, quote, Why does he have baby hands? They're so weird looking. <laughs> like, if this is in a conference room and you're in an office setting and it's you're texting with your friend back and forth, that's funny. But when you're the judge in a murder trial... Oh my yeah. gosh! And, and and what's even for uh, you know she deserves it. The security video was published in the Oklahoma newspaper's website, so you can actually go there and watch forty-five minutes of all of this. No. In another exchange, she said the DA was quote sweating through his coat. The <laughs> Get out of here! I mean, how could you're the judge? Well, now I need to know what happened. Was she fired? Uh, the filing also says the judge and the bailiff discussed by text which jury instructions would best fit their desired outcome. <gasps> All right, well, that seems illegal. She's being in, uh, she's uh, suspended and she's still getting paid. They uh, looking to remove her for reasons that include gross negligent duty, uh, gross partiality in the office, and oppression in the office. I don't know what that means. Uh, the four-year term ends in January 2027. So, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't just completely like, fire her fire on her. the spot. You think she cares that she still gets paid and doesn't have to go to work? I don't understand that as the punishment. Yeah, right. Oh, dude, I'd love to read the whole thread, though. Oh, well, you can. Oh, I can read the whole thing? Yeah, go to the Oklahoma, and they published a, uh, a total expose, including, uh, <sighs> like I told you, the video is on there. You can watch excerpts of her texting the bailiff standing right next to her. <laughs> Where did you get that dress? It's awful. And those shoes and that coat. Jeez. Wow. 
So this man had a fight off a kangaroo in Brazil. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert in Australia. I'm sorry, Australia. Had to put his skills to use recently when attempting to fight off a muscular kangaroo. Those those kangaroos, they man. They tell you what. They'll kill you in a second. Especially if you're in the water near one, which is so weird because I remember reading, if you're ever in the water with a kangaroo, and I thought, why would I ever be in the water with a kangaroo? But they will follow you into the water sometimes, mm-hmm. and they can drown you. They're so strong. Well, Mick Maloney said this kangaroo wanted to drown his dogs. He was walking the beach with his dogs, and mm-hmm. the kangaroo grabbed one of his dogs. And uh, that's when he noticed that the kangaroo was trying to drown the dog, so he kicked the crap out of the kangaroo Whoa. using his martial arts training. But he said it was ineffective against the animal. It eventually let go of the dog, and he scurried back into the riverbank. Don't believe him? The whole thing is actually caught on video. So. Wow. Well, here's my question. How is it caught on video? Was somebody standing there not helping just videoing, or were there surveillance cameras around somewhere? Nah, somebody was standing there not I don't know. I just... Those kangaroos, you're, it's because you're standing up. Because yeah. that's how they do it. When they stand up, that means they're ready to box you. So you got to crouch, and then they get down. When they're uh, small, though, they're so cute. They just want to get in all your pockets no, and in your coat and everything. No. Oh, yeah. Little marsupials are adorable. You ever seen a wallaby? Yeah, yeah. they're cute. Oh, come on. Let me get a wallaby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a wallaby. All right, Jill has experience in this next story. In the age of in the age of the internet, it's hard to get away with anything at least for very long. One woman is sharing how she discovered something shocking online about the guy she was dating for 6 weeks. She thought she was the one, Ellen Smith, but she reveals on TikTok she found out she was the other woman. <gasps> yeah. That happened to me. She says here, quote, on TikTok, I'm having a bad day. Just remember, you could have accidentally found the wedding website of a man you've been seeing for six weeks on Google. Smith says in a video, she then shared the desperate text and cheaters sent her. uh, And the cheaters sent her. Okay. She shared the desperate text the cheaters sent her after she called him out for being engaged to another woman. Yeah. Screenshots show messages from him that start with confusion. Then he apologizes and finally tells her she didn't have to accept it. So, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't know. If some didn't have to. You didn't get the it. actual text exchange. What are you doing here? Oh, you want to do some of the comments? These yeah. are. I just have comments. No, I, I want the text exchange. I don't I want the, what she. I, I have the comments here. It says, "I found the wedding website of my uh, then husband. I was deployed." Uh, this is just garbage. It's all comments. I'll find it later. Well, who gave me the story? Not. Oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to include the transcript. Well, I, she found the guy's website. That's enough. I know I want to see what the text is. Like when she calls him out. Look says, at him, look at him, look at him. When you're fighting with him, look at him. I'll have to find it myself. No, that's uh, that happened to me. I was dating a guy. So I thought I was dating a guy. And it's I should have known better. This was during my I date people in bands phase, which I, like none of it turned out. Was that after the cops or the... The only co- remote cop that I even dated was my husband who went oh. through police academy. I've never dated another cop. I'm surprised. Usually um, it's metal guy and then it was cop. All, it was metal all band people. How about tattoo Harley rider with no job? The only people with tat- person with tattoos is my husband. Auto mechanic that works out most no. of the day? No. Um, but this he, this guy was a lead singer in a band. <laughs> of and course I, he was. And I knew his brother, right? Was his so name I, Iggy? No. Okay. I knew his ba- brother and like I went to high school with them and he was younger than me. Thing about people younger than me, apparently. Yeah, you have a thing for that, but go ahead. And he no joy like a young boy is what Jill always says. We had been dating for a couple of months, actually, and I knew he had a friend that was a girl, and I I kept questioning it, and I'm like, he'd go, I can't go out tonight, I gotta go. Uh, I forget her name. I have to go out uh, with so and so, and I'd say, 
are you sure you guys aren't a thing? Because I feel like you are. He's like, no, oh, she's been my best friend since we've been little. I pro-. And I bought it because one of my best friends was a guy. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to one of his shows and she was there with all of her friends and she kept turning around and looking at me and all of her friends kept giving me these dirty looks and I was like, I don't know what's happening. They had been dating for years, Ooh. years. Years And it turns out I was the other woman and I felt so awful that later on down the road, I guess they had broken up. By the way, they're married now with children. Um, Later on down the road, I guess they had broken up and she saw me in a bar and she came up to me and hugged me and was like, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. I always knew he was cheating on me and it's not your fault. He did this and I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I had no idea I was the other woman. So we had some drinks and we, you know, hashed it out and stuff like that. But... It was really strange for no a second. No girl fight, no hair pulling? No. I'm, I didn't. I wasn't into that kind of thing. How lame. Oh, sorry. Who? That's not right. Why would I fight her? I'm the. I'm in the wrong, even though I didn't know I was. No, yeah. you both of you fight him. Yeah, oh, I could have yeah. taken him. He was small enough. I could have <laughs> well, taken him. <laughs> what happened to bitch? I took, you took my man. That kind no, of thing, no? That doesn't happen. To that. Putin would what eat him alive. Whatever. The only time I would fight someone is if it's somebody that like I'm currently with. Ah, I see. Like if someone's looking at my husband, you only husband, fight your actual. Oh, oh. Like okay. if someone's looking at my husband the wrong way, I'm like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I see red, sirens go off. <laughs> okay. it's, it gets bad. You have to punch anybody yet? No, not yet. Harold's mm. handsome. No, of course he's handsome. You haven't had to turn around to one lady and be like, "Hell, you looking at?" I mean, I'll give him looks, but I'm not. It's usually all they need. I got a pretty scary look. No, I know she, I apparently, seem like she'll, she'll just have drinks with them and they'll make <laughs> some food together. I don't know. Finally, California Grubhub driver redefined the expression dine and dash after allegedly gobbling down food that he was supposed to deliver to a customer, as seen in a viral video that's available if you want to see it. <laughs> I hope he never delivers to anyone again, says Martin Luzania, CEO of Mexihana's Hibachi Grill in Long Beach, California, where the preemptive bite took place. The preemptive bite, I like that. The restaurant boss said he uh, first grew suspicious after seeing surveillance footage of an unidentified Grubhub courier eating from a customer's order while sitting in the parking lot in front of the Japanese-Mexican fusion restaurant. I noticed that he was untying bags and started chowing down on the food. Outraged, he went to confront the delivery skimmer who insisted he wasn't getting high on his own food supply. I went outside and I was like, hey, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, oh, this is my lunch, the owner said. So I said, I'm sorry. If that's your food, I'm very, very sorry. However, when the suspicious Louisiana consulted the security footage again, it became apparent that he was lying and he was eating customers' food. Whoa, 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 whoa. So he's... He's the Uber driver. He's the uh, he's the Grubhub driver. Yep. So wait, so he he was getting a bunch of orders, or he just had one? He was getting a well. From, he was working. He was parked in the lot of this guy's restaurant uh-huh. who owns the fusion Japanese Mexican restaurant. Gave him the bags. He went in the parking lot, started eating them. Oh, so he he wasn't the actual Grubhub guy. He was just pretending. No, he's no the, he was the Grubhub guy, Grubhub. but on the way to delivering the order, he opened it up and started eating it. He didn't even leave. <laughs> he was in the parking lot. Oh, geez. But if you look at the video, like, as he's eating it, he's shoveling it in his mouth, and what doesn't make it in his mouth is, like, falling back into the bag. Yeah, he's just just going to town. Grubhub has suspended the driver from the company per a statement from the spokesperson. They declared that the vast majority of our orders are completed without incident. Wow. The vast majority. Yeah, which means there's a good percentage that aren't and are licked by somebody else's. Licked? Yeah. 
Hungry? Yeah, me too. That's why there's Eat the Grubhub, the only food delivery service that'll leave everybody happy. How's it work? It's easy. You order the food, I drive it to your house, I park in front of your house, I eat the food because I'm hungry too, and I tell you how it is. Then I give you the leftovers. You'll love ordering food on Eat the Grubhub. Yes? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I got half a burger and fries here for you. The burger's great. I left you a few bites. <laughs> um, but where are the fries? Oh, those are really good. So I ate all of them. Hey, uh, you got any soda in there so I can wash them down? Please leave. Eat the Grubhub. Order food and have me eat some of the food today. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Oh, my God. On 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. And the Sunny Update is brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. Do you know the crime rate's going up? Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what that has anything to do with anything, but anyway, not what I ordered. Uh, U.S. Department of Defense has issued orders. 2,000 military members will be deployed. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin initiated these be ready to deploy orders over the weekend uh, if they are needed for further defense of Israel. Now, the Wall Street Journal first reported this story that the military had selected about 2,000 troops to prepare for a potential deployment to support Israel. That's prepare. That does not mean that they are going. The journal reports the Pentagon would task them with missions like advising and medical support. No intention of a combat role. That's right now. We also have two carrier groups out there in Mediterranean. The U.S. is about doubling the Navy presence in the region, dispatching the Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group to the eastern Mediterranean to join the Ford Carrier Group that's already there. On top of the missiles and warplanes, the Navy's positioning in the region, the Air Force has announced it's sending squadrons of F-15, F-16, and A-10 fighter aircraft, giving the U.S. more than 100 attack planes in the region. The Pentagon says it's also working to fulfill Israeli needs for munitions, air defense, precision-guided artillery, and medical supplies. Now, this this horrific, horrific, disturbing crap is going on in universities all over the country. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That is revolting, sickening. If I were a parent and I heard this coming out of my the university I send my kids to, Stanford, wherever it is, I would withdraw them right away. But that's the problem. We're so complacent and we're thinking, ah, oh, not here. Oh, they'll get over. They'll grow out of that. We keep thinking like that and our day's coming. I'm telling you right now, we're going to be Israel. I'm, I'm serious. So uh, I would rethink that. Uh, again, if that was one of my kids... Today, today, Junior, mm-hmm. I'd be out there with my car. Get in the car. You're done here. My favorite was, and I said this the other day, I don't know what university it was. I want to say it was the um, Harvard, uh, the people with the sign that said Queers for Palestine, and then somebody right below it held a sign that said Cows for McDonald's, because it makes about as much sense, Yeah, because they want you dead over there. Doesn't make any sense. They don't know what they're talking about. Stupid. Stupid, hateful, and they're the ones that drive off in their Prius with the coexist bumper sticker on the back that says, "Stop hate." They're, they're, they're. Uh, it's, it's insane. So anyway, Harvard. By the way, the, uh, the, what are they called? The dean of Harvard or the president of Harvard? President. Uh, condemned what was going on on his campus. Thirty student groups got out and protested against Israel. 
Like they're the ones who flew paragliders in and killed innocent people and chopped babies' heads off. Seriously, he's in trouble now. He was embarrassed. He said, this is the most disappointed I've ever been in this university. But you know, people will still send their kids to Harvard because it's more important to be at a cocktail party with your other rich friends and virtue signal and status you know, all over the place while you're drinking a little white wine mm-hmm. to your other friends who are equally as phony and stupid as you are. Listen to this. Our media's turning is turning on Israel. It, it's, it's only been a week. It's only been a week. MSNBC had to fire or suspend five on-air talents for being pro-Hamas. MSNBC has made 441 references to Hamas militants or, or the fighters. They are terrorists, full stop. Yeah, terrorists. And MSNBC's pathetic refusal to call them that is just shameful pandering to their far left audience. You are, you are, if you are for them, you are for killing babies, shooting grandmothers in the face, dismembering people. I mean, it's, it's grotesque. It says there's no other way to describe that. I can't even believe this is happening in our country. It's not just happening in our country. There's a guy at the BBC, the BBC, get understand the British. Um, I, I didn't spend much time there, but I interact with BBC a lot because sometimes you can get news from the United States you won't get in the United States, which yeah. is ridiculous, but that's what mm-hmm. you do. You go over to the BBC and they'll tell you what it is. So uh, this guy, Matt Goodwin, has been a journalist over there for a long, long time. He's also in an education uh, job too. And he took on the BBC. Same thing as MSNBC, but this is the BBC. And he said, you guys are full of it. You're, you won't call them terrorists? I can't remember a time in my life when I felt more ashamed by... Uh, our national debate uh, and our country uh, as I have over the last week. Um, I've tried to imagine how I would feel if I was a British Jew. We have a national broadcaster, the BBC, unable to call a Nazi-inspired, ISIS-inspired terrorist group terrorists. He's sitting right there with the BBC panel. He's not somewhere else. He's saying this to To their their face. face. We have the same broadcaster investigating BBC Arabic journalists for expressing sympathy for Hamas. We have the institutions of our national community like Wembley Stadium showing the rainbow flag to protest against Qatar, but not showing the colors of Israel and solidarity. And we have the universities where I work a few years ago fell over themselves to express solidarity with George Floyd and what happened centuries ago in America, but are unable to issue the same condemnation of what's happened in Israel, not to mention the fact we've now got schools telling Jewish children in Britain in 2023 not to show symbols of their faith, and we've got fireworks and celebrations going on on Edgware Road, and we've got idiots like that guy Mm. excusing the glory. He's pointing at the guy across the table from him that belongs to the BBC, their head anchor. Oh, yeah, yeah. The shoe fits, wear it, man. No, it's awesome, though. He's pointing right at him. The glorification of terrorism. Well, hang on. Joe, I was at the protest. I was at the protest, and there's one thing he didn't mention which were the groups of men running around, physically attacking people, showing the Israel flag. I mean, could you could you see somebody like that getting in front of Joy Reid or any of these punks like uh, Chuck, Chuck Todd or, you know, uh, which Chuck is, Todd. who's that other ass, Acosta, you know, and pointing at him on national television? That'd be epic. That's what we need some more of. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what they're doing. Now, the other thing that's crazy is backing a president that is done, finished, senile, gone, not there, brain not functioning, off, lights are not on. 
Okay, Scott Pelley, 60 Minutes, once revered as one of the most incredible journalist moments of the week by many, is now nothing but a shill for the Democrat Party. So much so that Scott Pelley will just whore himself out, seriously, to make Biden look good, which is impossible. Scott Pelley here running a disclaimer before he interviews Biden this past Sunday. Yes. And and you got to hear this. Here, hold it. Rarely does a president confront so much peril. The catastrophe in Israel, the war in Ukraine, and no help from a paralyzed Congress. Late Thursday, we met President Biden at the White House. It had been a rough week, and we could see it on him. Mr. Biden will be 81 next month, and he has said that when he's tired, his lifelong stutter can creep back in. Here, this, Okay, so remember, all the times that he forgets where he's at, wow. or he says, what am I doing here? Or he, you know, mislabels a country like when he called Ukraine Iran. That's not all stuttering, the, That's no. a stutter. No. That, that, that's a stutter. But he wedged us into his schedule. Oh, he wedged you. Wasn't it last week where they put a lid on the president at 11.45 a.m. in the morning and said, that's He's it? He's done for the day. He only works until 3 if, and he wakes up at 9. The guy doesn't do anything except uh, go get ice cream and take a nap. And how many vacations he been on? Mm-hmm. 12? Yep. Well, Scott Spelly starts out. Scott Spelly. Scott, Scott Smelly. Scott Pelly, uh, show for the Democrats, starts out the interview with, hey, um, what do you think of Israel occupying Gaza? Should they not? We're also talking with the Egyptians, uh, whether there's an outlet to get these children and, and women out uh, um, mm. into, out of the, that area at this moment. Uh-huh. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's lost. He doesn't know it what he's talking like he about. He can't breathe. Like he needs an oxygen mask on while he's speaking. All right. Well, let's skip 60 minutes. We'll play with that later. But let's go back to um, the glitch he had over the weekend. Uh, where was he at? He was speaking. I don't have the location. This was over. Oh, okay. It was the human human rights campaign's annual dinner. Human right campaign annual dinner. Okay. And he's talking about extreme MAGA Republicans, of course, trying to undo virtually every bit of progress we've made. He says, we've including made progress. Okay. Yeah, including banning. Ready for this? Listen to what he says here. Ban pride flags from flying on public lands. Who the hell? Oh. Not very presidential. Why? Because you said hell? No, because he said banning pride flags on public land. Yeah, I'm going to yell about the opposite of the thing I'm trying to, you know, the thing. Now his, his, he does this all the time, the outlandish gay uh, reference. You've heard me say it before, and I apologize for having to repeat it. When a person can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, something is still fundamentally wrong in this country. All right. And that still exists. No, nobody said that. Who show said me, that? Show me the receipt. Where did that happen exactly? When has that happened recently? Tell me where. No one said that. Who said that? You did. So He's married in the morning. I mean, this guy is completely gone. Uh, um, he also uh, lost the battle with the teleprompter when he <laughs> kind of turned the words around and said the opposite of what he meant here about, uh, you know, people that are anti-gay. We made human rights for LGBT around the world a top priority in my foreign policy. Increasing our assistance to brave activists on the ground. Defending human rights in countries to pass anti-gay laws. To pass anti-gay laws. It's because of what he really thinks. Remember the interviews from back in the day? They were like, do you support gay marriage? He's like, nope. So there you're listening to him, and I really believe this, on Adderall. Mm -hmm. They're, They're pumping him. Because when you when you hear the sixty minutes interview, that is the real Biden. 
That, that I mean, Scott Pelley. struggling for air? Yeah. Okay. We got controversy in Clemson University. Uh-oh. Oh, no. oh yeah. You hear what happened? No. What happened? Okay. So, uh, you know, they had the um, menstrual products in the men's restroom. Yeah, because they need them. Well, apparently uh, they were vandalized over and over again, so they kept replacing them and they got vandalized. Meanwhile, in the women's restroom, they kind of ignore it. So Yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting because every time I've ever been in the restroom, back not- when I needed that stuff, it was like, it's never there. It's always empty. So the complaints are pouring in from women on campus. You know, women, they're the ones with the with, 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 with JJ and got, yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, don't know that that's how I they're defined anymore, Rick. Yeah, so uh, well, the women- Well, in order to need those products, you need a uterus and ovaries. Right, mm. so the women were complaining that they don't service those bathrooms, the female bathrooms, that the dispensers are always empty. And then there was like one transgender guy who was complaining that the, yes, I said guy, uh, complaining that the men's room's uh, menstrual cycle products are always dead. Well, you know, it's interesting because this is the first time I'm hearing something that's the opposite because usually it's, you know, men dressing as women going into the women's room. So if a woman was actually going to physically need those products, I'm guessing they're talking about women that are transitioning into men that are going into the men's room Mm -hmm. that would need those products, which is like the first time I'm hearing of that way because usually it's the other way. Well... Clemson decided, you know what? We've had enough of this. It's been two years. They removed all the dispensers from the men's bathroom in the Cooper Library building, removed by the state, and now a big protest with about 10 people. Why? Because, uh, they, were- because they want, they, they say this is hate. Hmm. You know what you can do? Here's something. Ready? Try this on for size. You can bring your own. It's yeah, usually I hear that's you, a common solution. Usually if you need it, yeah, yeah, have it on you. You kind of like put it in your purse or your man satchel or whatever you're dressing as. You usually carry it on you. But Clemson didn't do this without putting out some, you know, uh, complete lie. Clemson University released a formal statement condemning the vandalization with hateful transphobic language of the menstrual cycle products in the men's room. Okay. Students are still not safe on campus. They still experience harassment, hate, all of those things. Okay, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. They don't, you know, here's the thing. They, they don't hate you. I don't hate you. Nobody in this room hates you. Nobody hates trans people uh, that I know of. What we do not like is when you pretend to be something you're not, scientifically speaking, you're not, and then you expect us to play in your fantasy world. It's not going to happen. Be happy with who you are. Enjoy. Love who you want. Be what you are. Be free. But don't expect us to play in the same game that you're playing. I don't care how you identify. Identify as a toaster. I really don't give a crap. That's your life. If Whatever makes you happy. But I find it hard to believe that people hate you because you have to go into a bathroom and you can't find the certain products in there. And there's already enough hate. Now we don't have the products we need. Well, bring your products. Yeah. But yeah. uh, I might hate you for driving in the left lane, but, but the outside le- of that. The leader of the pack continues. University needs to step up. The university has been pretty silent. They haven't released any statements regarding transphobia or homophobia seen on campus. And we would love for them to uh, make a statement to really give their support to their queer students. And they did. And they did put that out because, you know, they feel pressured to be, you know, virtue signal and be everything to everyone. But anyway, uh, this is interesting. So I was looking through this and running right the bottom. You know how YouTube has all their videos on the uh-huh. side? I saw this Dr. Phil video. This is a fifth grade teacher who insists 
that uh, he is definitely a woman and should be treated as so. And then, of course, there was an argument there by a professor. Transgender boys who might not have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's, it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now, you can call yourself Cis whatever you don't want. don't menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as don't. non-binary people. <clears throat> Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to it cis is. women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why my body menstruated you are, at some point. If your chromosomes then. are XX... And you're young, you menstruate. If you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? They're not men. a whole group of they're, people. They're women dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life. And tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the the? The, the science of this as an the example. Science. When when we've learned <laughs> sex and gender identity are two very they're completely different things. They're not completely they different. They are completely things. different. They're completely different words. And sex <laughs> is what you're born with, the sexual reproductive organs you have. Gender is what you identify with. They're completely different. Well I don't accept things. that distinction. You have to argue for it. You're just giving a conclusion. You're you're just making it up. People <laughs> the people who hate the truth People who hate the truth are because they see they see the truth as hateful. If, if you want to identify in any way you can, you're free to do so. But that does not mean that the rest of us have to join that illusion. You disagree, I disagree with you, and so you call it hate. But there's no hate in my heart at all, so that's You wrong. are being hateful when you tell somebody that identifies okay. as a man that they're not a man. That's not that hateful. hateful, that's a fact. Wow. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but you can't. I mean, uh, you know, brainwashing is, is tough to beat. It really is. Shut up! All right. Shut up! Shut up! Every week we get a look at our nation's politics from the very top. So off to the White House we go. The President of the United States, Joe Biden. Good morning, sir. Hey, Starsky, good to be on with you in giblets and snack pack. It's me, the Pepsi of the White House. I know. I I just told everybody that's who you are. All right, we've got to make this fast, Jack. I have it on good authority that Alabama Congressman Mike Rogers' hairpiece saw its shadow. So that means six more weeks of trying to find a House speaker. I might have to get involved. Hey, uh, we saw that you stumbled twice, again, and almost fell going up the stairs again, to the podium uh, at a speech you gave in Philadelphia over the weekend. Well, the key word is almost, Mac. America is almost one step away from his first president filing for workers' comp. What, you doing all right? Well, I've never been better, man. Yeah, you know what they say. Those steps which couldn't kill me only make me stronger. Uh, I recovered gracefully, though. Yeah, I had a, my dark aviators on. I looked like a blind man who lost his uh, seeing eye dog. Okay. Okay. By the way, congratulations on raising $71 million between July and September for your re-election campaign, sir. That's a lot of oh, money. Oh, thank you, man. I, I tell you, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. And I have plenty of new voters, too, because lots of people died since 2020. Uh, I have to say, this was so such a small, no small feat, sir. Your campaign raised more than the top three GOP presidential candidates combined. Yeah, how about that, Jack? That's better than I thought. I've got more money in my coffin than most other other team does. That, that's coffer. Coffers. Jeez, I, I don't know what made them sick. I just hope it's not the new COVID thing. Uh, uh, 
Some people, uh, even some in your own party, are saying that a primary challenge would be a good test for you, sir, to see if voters are really behind you for a second term, considering, you know, your, your age. And uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, sure I do. I, I think it's a gr- great idea if somebody wants to step up and go mono a mononucleosis with me, man. Huh? Seriously, folks, there's two things I'm certain of. One, I won't have a primary challenger. And two, raisins should be called grape jerky. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> do you think a third-party challenger will be a challenge this time around, sir, like Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Oh, heck no, dear. I'm not worried about RFK Jr. Now, most people would let RFK Jr. lead a party of five to their table at a restaurant. Sir, you were interviewed by the special counsel concerning your handling, handling of classified documents that were found in your Delaware garage. Remember that with the Corvette? How did that right. go? How did that go? Did you answer all the questions for them? Well, you wouldn't know it, Mick, but right now I have a disgusted look on my face from your gotcha question. Well, it's the same face I make when I find my sunglasses in the refrigerator. <laughs> now, look, the point is, in my defense, the docks are even more secure if you forget where the hell they are. All right. Well, uh, finally, sir, wanted to ask you about your younger brother, Frank Biden. Apparently, a nude selfie of him was posted online a few years back. Your brother's just getting around to responding to whether he posted it himself. His answer is absolutely not. Frank said someone must have hacked his phone, even if he didn't post it, sir. What is your brother doing taking nude selfies on his phone to begin with? Well, I I would say more, honey, but the first rule of Biden Naked Selfie Club is that you don't talk about (laughs) Biden Naked Selfie Club. All right, all right. It's a fair question. Oh, for crying out loud, I just wish these news folks and tabloid people would just leave my poor perverted brother alone. He's getting harassed, for God's sake. He told me he's already gotten dozens of calls from Congresswoman Lauren Booberry. Lauren Booberry. Yeah. I guess she wants to take him to a theater show in Colorado. I see. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for calling President Biden. It's just not right, Dick. They're making bad jokes about him, too. One of them was, Frank Biden likes ice cream like his brother Joe. And it looks like Frank put the hog in Hagen dazs I don't even know what that means. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Crazy Talk brought to you by All Electric Services. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Ma, 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 Megan Kelly. All right, so Megan Kelly going off on Sunny Hostin of The View because Sunny, um, she's not necessarily siding with Hamas, but just listen over on The View, accusing Israel of war crimes. There is an international human rights body of law. And when you look at that law, part of it is retaliation against innocent civilians collectively is also terror and is also a war crime. What Israel is saying consistently is, if you want your water, if you want your electricity, release our hostages. In my view, that's, that's exactly not an it. irrational question. Yes. And they should, what? but in the process, they should real crimes. They're not committing war crimes. The, the ones committing war crimes are Hamas. The use of human shields is a war crime. They don't want Israel to bomb them, and therefore they've surrounded 199 of them and some untold number of Americans, too. That's who Hamas is. That's who these ass on these college campuses are defending. Got it? Are we clear? That's the bad guys. Those guys. 
Those are the guys you want us to negotiate with. Right. Okay. Israel, America as its closest ally. We're supposed to sit down and have a little chat with the terrorists about how it's bad to take somebody else's baby. It's bad to hoist him on top of your rifle after you slit the throat of his brother and shot his parents and let them all burn to death in their safe shelter. That's bad. We should talk about you stopping that. Bullshit. This is all such a farce. This is all such a farce as we try to pretend these are like reasonable people who, you know, we'll talk, we'll chat about a two-state solution and, you know, about de-escalation. Sure. Sure. Right? And Mm. then what was, to me, just as much of a gem was Sonny Hostin, because, you know, she has this deep, seething hate for Trump, and she just wants to tell everybody how she used to be a lawyer, a failed one at that, but alas, a lawyer. Uh, Listen to what she compares Hamas to. No, I just, I, you know, I, I look at this from a legal perspective, and I think that we all know that Hamas has been designated uh, a terror organization, just like many other terror organizations have had this designation, like the Proud Boys here in the United States. She compared right. Hamas to the Proud to the Boys. Proud Boys, because yeah, because at the Capitol, January sixth, uh, uh, they sliced up babies and, and and murdered a bunch of people and burned people. Yeah, that that's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't understand her credibility. Somebody explain to me. I'm all for this new game show where we line up people from The View. You ever you, have you seen this yet? No, it's I'm interactive. To see it's really cool. Yeah, you watch The View, and then they've attached uh, these uh, mechanical fists with boxing gloves at the end of them. Yeah, I like and that. You, and you use your you can use your Xbox controller, and uh-huh. then, anytime Sonny Hoiston <laughs> says something you don't like, you push the right button, you yeah. know, the A, and it just smacks her right in the face. I it's think it great. should just be like two of them, pit them against each other, like rock'em, sock'em robots, yeah. and just make them, it's like it's like uh, Hunger Games, fight to the death. The Megyn Kelly games. Good thing we don't have that. How do these people go home at night? How do They, they, have they no- make millions of dollars. And they have no self-awareness at no, all. Sonny, no, all Sonny no. cares about is the fact that she's like, look, I used to be a lawyer. I used to be a lawyer. And that's why every time she speaks, you'll hear her say, well, legally, from a legal standpoint, bitch, you're not a lawyer. You are an unsuccessful lawyer and you don't practice anymore. You're on The View next to a comedian, Joy Behar, and sitting across from a bloated Whoopi Goldberg. You're not a lawyer. Yeah, Whoopi's getting all bloated. Hey, we, you know no, what? I just, I, you know, I, I look at this from a legal perspective. Yeah, and I think- shut up. You know what? We didn't play the TMZ one enough. So so this is um, Harvey. I'm a lawyer. Uh, Harvey and the guy. Uh, what's it, the what, other guy's name? What did you call it? Um, Do you remember what you called it? Because I don't want to play the wrong TMZ. Uh, TMZ BLM is what I called it. Uh, because they were going off on the Black Lives Matter Chicago chapter so for standing up for. Stop. Why is this uh, thing on automatic? Uh, right. What do you, what's, what's Nothing is playing automatic. So they were, we they were. They were attacking, uh, or speaking out, I should say, against the Black Lives Matter chapter for uh, going along with what Hamas did to Israel. They're still backing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. here it is. We have to talk about something that honestly has uh, enraged both of us, and I, and I know just from looking online, thousands and thousands of other people. Uh, it is a reaction to the terrorist attack by Hamas uh, that started on Saturday and which has now put Israel at war. This is what the Black Lives Matter Chicago chapter, and I want to emphasize that that is the Chicago chapter, um, that posted this yesterday. And you saw it yesterday evening, called me, (laughs) because you couldn't believe what you were seeing, but it is uh, an image of a paraglider with the Palestinian flag flying off of his chute. 
And I want to uh, it says underneath it, I stand with Palestine. Now, the caption, I think, also bears me, because the caption to me is defiantly saying, I know, I know what you, your reaction is going to be to this. And the caption says, that is all. Yeah, this is BS. That is this, it. this is BS. So that paraglider, by the way, the paragliders are the ones who flew into Israel and they decapitated babies, shot and killed babies, raped women, killed women, took hostages, slaughtered families in their homes. These are disgusting, vile terrorists. That's all they are. And that so picture, the reason we know about the paraglider gliders is Hamas they're the ones that released the video right. of the paragliders because they were so proud of the carnage and Black Lives Matter in Chicago embraced the killing of Jews they are There's Hitler the hold on they are Hitler-esque they are a Hitler-esque organization to do something like that Yep. Mm -hmm. That's and, Charles. The other guy's Charles. And, and we got people at colleges. There's a girl yesterday at Stanford, Stanford, uh, that said, oh, none of that happened. That's all propaganda. I mean, these people are so brainwashed. You know who does it? Mm -hmm. It's the professors at these schools that you pay $99,000. It's 99000 to go to Yale for, for education. 99000 and you get a brainwashed, a brainwashed child back after you're all said and done. It kind of sounds cheap. Speaking of lack of education, I, I, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I have to. I saw on Nextdoor. Do you guys have the Nextdoor app? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Um, I, yeah next, I haven't yeah. used it in a while. But okay, yeah. so you go and you type in like your zip code and it shows you. It's like a, a board yeah. um, for things that are going on in your neighborhood. So every so often, the Nextdoor in my neighborhood will get political. Rarely, but sometimes. So the rent, you know, the housing market's gone up everywhere. I have a point to this, I promise. And someone was complaining and they said, hey, next time you vote, are you ready for this? I, I almost threw my phone. Next time you vote, instead of worrying about silly things like the border and immigration, kid you not, that's how they started their sentence, maybe we could vote for somebody that's going to fix the price of my rent. <laughs> and I, I didn't have to do anything. People below it were like, well, you see how it happens is when too many people come into this country, it's called supply and demand. Yeah. And then the price of everything goes up because guess what? There's not enough apartments to house everybody. So you think that this silly little thing of immigration, not to mention what's going on in Israel and Palestine, and you just think that our open borders and immigration in our country just is just silly and doesn't matter and doesn't affect everything else? Go live somewhere else then. Peace out. Blew my mind that they even started their sentence like that. I just had to mention that because I was just like, ah, this is why I drink. Um, speaking <laughs> of drinking, Tommy Lee. Like the... Uh... Tommy Lee, like the drummer from Motley Crue. Not not Tommy Lee like the people who played uh yeah not Tommy Lee Jones no not from okay. Fugitive and from every right. other yeah Tommy Lee we, he's sober now but back when he was dating Pam Anderson or married to her in the the, the deep days of <laughs> did you say deep yes okay of Motley Crue mm -hmm. I don't know how he didn't die here he is oh, on please. Bill Maher talking about how much he used to drink I'm drinking two gallons of vodka a day <laughs> this you? is not the, uh, like. You're trying to kill yourself now. This is not like. Are you talking about yourself? For yeah. This Come on. Two gallons. A no. Day. I swear to you, dude. Crazy, right? Two gallons. That's impossible. You die. I. I mean, if you, yeah, but you get. You can build the tolerance, but at the same time, like, you're risking some serious, like. His quote was, "He said my liver was on crutches at that point. It was barely functioning." <laughs> but I know, I know somebody. I used to work for somebody that used to drink um, one of the big fat handles 
of Crown Royal a day. A day? A day. Now, at the time, this individual was extremely obese and overweight, like morbidly overweight. So I don't know if it's Half like the- liver swollen. The body could have like, I don't know. The size of the body to the portion of the alcohol, I'm sure, had something to do with it. Is it the big belly thing? It wasn't even the big belly. The whole body was humongous and lost a ton of weight and then quit drinking, got sober, and it's really thin and healthy now, which is great. It's a happy ending, which you don't hear very often. But I, it blew my mind when they told me that they used to drink a, a handle of Crown Royal. Yeah, no, you'll puff up like that. Like, who's the other guy that, uh, you don't know the wrestler, the nature boy, Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. Woo! He used to drink like that, like an insane amount, where it's like bottles a day. I don't drink can- that much water every day. I no, drink I have a lot three of water, beers. But... I can't even get up for work. It's <laughs> yeah. You notice when someone drinks a lot, you'll notice that they're they're puffy, they're red, they sweat a lot, that kind of thing. Ugh. And you can tell it ages you too. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh it ages you big time. Um, here's some things that you might find disgusting, even though everyone else thinks it's normal. Uh oh. Um, this is kind of interesting to me. Um, I'll I'll go backwards. Let's see. I'm worried that I'm going to think they're normal and people find them disgusting. It could be. It could go that way too. When people let their dogs lick their face. No, I can't stand that. But he does it anyway. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't like it, but you know. If okay, I saw my dog last night polite. leave the cat box with a morsel in his mouth. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. If you have cats, I don't even risk it. Don't like it. Well, yeah, you got to. You know, you know where they're where they've been, especially when they sit there and they lift their leg and they clean themselves and they want to come over and lick your face. You're like, yeah. I don't think so. Um, let's see. Keeping your shoes on in the house. It depends on the flooring. We, I don't wear shoes in the house. My husband will put shoes on from the second he wakes up, but that's. Yeah, that, I don't know. Right. She will take my cue from the homeowner. Yeah. If I, I see them wearing shoes in certain areas, like I'll wear if, them, but if there's carpet, mm-hmm. I won't at all. If you come into my house, I don't mind if you wear shoes. If you're my guest and I'm having people over for dinner, you can keep your shoes on. I'm not one, I've been to households where they're like shoes off at the door. Yeah, it's but like, it's really okay. for your benefit if I keep them on and my feet stink. <laughs> yeah. Pants off in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> um, somebody, there's a lady that lives, I don't know if she lives above me or if she lives across the street, but whenever I'm outside, and she's lived there forever, she's got this nonstop, just, it's just their productive hacking cough, and she goes outside to smoke. Camels And it's just constant (laughs) So I hear her And I'm like Oh god. Let me tell you about my Daughter (laughs) Um, Long fake nails Some people find Very disgusting Some women think They're beautiful Some people find them gross Because who knows What's getting stuck under them Oh yeah Uh, Dirty dishwater Uh, I think it's unsightly Yeah And well also If you leave it sitting there For too long It smells Yeah I don't like that either. And number one is people's breath being in your face. Oh, yeah. No, a hot breath. You don't like that, <laughs> do you? Uh-uh. I mean, what if they just, what if they just, uh, what? Burst their teeth or something. Yeah, I don't, but I don't, then like, it, pe- I don't like people in my face. Yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah, if I can, unless you're my husband or my child, if I can feel your breath on me, you're too close. I remember the COVID guy. Remember during the height of COVID, I had this, uh, <laughs> this veteran, thank you for your service, servant, stop spitting on me. He came up to me and he kept oh, saying, yeah. Platoon, right in my face. <laughs> platoon. platoon. Yeah. And I was like, dude. And then I would back off and he would come. Yeah. And I was like, stop. Yeah. Platoon. I was Thumper. in the platoon in the nom with the platoon. You know what still makes me laugh? Uh, where 
you know, during the pandemic when you went out anywhere or like to the theme parks, we took my son to the theme park yesterday. And so this is what reminded me of it, where it used to be six feet apart yeah. and it, per group. So like if it was me and my husband and Elliot, we're on a square and then six feet apart is another person. Now it's like it never existed. They cram you in. They're like, everybody in, everybody in. And they're like almost touching you. And I'm like, yeah. do we yeah. need to be this Oof. close? Like I'm not being a germaphobe, but even before COVID, I don't want you this close to me. Why are you so close? Yeah. Yeah. If I can feel your boobs in my back, you're too close. It's unnecessary. Very unnecessary. And uh, Netflix, we discussed this the other day, are opening some brick and mortar locations. Now, they're not going to be selling DVDs. I've heard a couple of people saying, maybe they'll sell DVDs. They're not. Get that out of your head. You can't go in there like Blockbuster and buy the DVDs. They're going to have photograph experience and merch based on some of their Photograph experience? You mean here's a backdrop you can take your own picture in front of? Yes. That's exactly what it is. You know, that's... And how much does this cost? I don't know. I want the Shining Veil Tiki Bar. Okay. They're going to have that? No, uh, they'll have it in the warehouse in the back. Mind that's you, right. these are movies that are shown on Netflix. So Shining Veil's shown on. Showtime. Oh, that's right there. So this has to be a Netflix, so like Stranger Things. So and you can just stand like in front of a cardboard cutout of the little girl from Stranger Things? I guess she's not so little anymore. Riveting. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what exactly uh, it's oh, going to be like. Side note, did you see her whole thing? With she's what? like, you know, Stranger Things getting in the way. I have other projects I'm more passionate about. All right. Like, girl, you're 12. Nobody knew who you were until this show came along. Don't act like you're there. some brilliant actress now. She's 19. She's been in a bunch of movies, too. Ah, and well. She's about to go on to some other ones. She's about to marry Bon Jovi's son, by the way. Wait, Get what? Out. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're engaged. Oh, jeez. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how this store exactly is going to work, but this might help. You love watching Netflix at home, but now there's a brick and mortar location where you can totally immerse yourself. Visit the Netflix experience with in-person Netflix style recommendations. Excuse me, sir. I've noticed that you've finished our coffee. People who drink our coffee have also enjoyed using our bathrooms. The Netflix experience provides inactivity check-ins every 90 minutes. Excuse me, ma'am. Are you still here? Please respond or I'll log you out of the store. It's like watching (laughs) Netflix in real life. I scrolled through all the aisles. It was all the same crap that's been there for the last five years. It really is just like Netflix. The Netflix experience. Stay all day. But you'll only stay 10 minutes because, honestly, there's really nothing to watch. Excuse me, sir. Can you tell me where I can find the nearest Hulu store? I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. (laughs) Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show. Somebody do something stupid. With Jill and Smokestack. BRB. um, Be right back. Something. GQ, PhD, FBI? Yeah, so in the UK, the Ludlow Autograss Club, it's a racetrack, um, is wondering where their porta potties went. 35 of them, $1,000 a piece. Really? Who steals a porta potty? I don't know. Somebody's got a pee, I guess. Isn't that crazy? Neil Griffiths, who owns Three Counties Toilets, is uh, wondering where they are, but he min- he wants to broadcast out there that, hey, dudes, whoever stole them, they're full. Oh, you stole a full poopy. Yeah. Ew. Nasty. Prince Christian of Denmark's 18th birthday party at the Christian Borg Castle. Mm. The staff after the party discovered a lone stiletto left behind by one of the stripper uh, guests. <laughs> Leading to the royal comparison of the Cinderella story, the Danish royal household announced their search for the owner of the shoe, which sparked excitement among the royal fans who speculated about the possible romance between Prince Christian and the mystery guest. Dude, yeah. This is a pile of crap. 
A large pile of crap. While rumors of his engagement to Prince Maria Chiari of Bourbonet, Sicily, has been circulating earlier, the princess shut them down that it's not her stiletto. So who's the mystery strip uh, woman? <laughs> Gotta find her. She's the Cinderella. That's, Cinderella. This is a great PR stunt. Cinderella. Yeah. Or just some drunk lady lost a shoe. Yeah, I doubt it's happened. It. You think? Really? Fight a dollar for every time I lost a shoe. Homeless guys on film. Oh, oh good. Uh, Marquise Hines sat shirtless in a wheelchair over his shoulders in the background uh, of a photo shoot that went on. A half a dozen people were sprawled around him in Salt Lake City in the sidewalk. Men and women like, were like Hines, part of the city's booming homeless population, but now they're doing something bad. What are they Photographer doing? showed up. He says, I need your eyes. I need your smile. Ksenia Kinevez, 38, stood at the photographer's elbow. Imagine you're chilling on the beach and you're having a great time and you're about to seduce a beautiful woman. That's what I want. Look into the lens. Make it work. They're doing the Homeless Nomad Alliance's Sexy Nomad Calendar. So it's a homeless people calendar. 12 months, Jill, it's a Nomad Alliances, Nomad meaning, you know, uh, a sexy Nomad calendar. 12 months spread of unsheltered men in seductive centerfold poses and pouts. Unsheltered means what? That you're homeless. Yeah, that's what I thought. The 2024 edition will be the organization's third calendar, but of course this year they're having a little complaining happening. Organizers say the experience can be uplifting for the men who participate, a way to humanize a group that is often ignored and shunned, but some advocates see the calendar as some sort of exploitation of the unhoused. Yeah. Wait, so you're putting them on a sexy calendar? Yeah. How does that help them? I guess that when you sell the calendar, they make money, and does that money go to them, or no? They do? Yeah, yeah, it goes to social services, and it helps them, but at the same time, it gives them, you know, a little... Makes them feel good about themselves? Look at me! I look good! That kind of thing. One of them's Italian. One of them's Mario, apparently. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So there's that little fight going on with people who are, you know, virtue signaling that they're better than the homeless people, and the people putting it together by saying, that's exploitation, and then people turn to them and go, oh, you're my hero, you're so woke. That Five kind of crap. Here. That's it, yes. Let's let the inside out. Okay, you're an animal. Yes, there we go. You're a tiger. You're Tony the tiger. <laughs> All right. Learn to drive 55. Yeah, this guy was caught speeding in Georgia. He was doing 90 in a 55. Ooh, Whoa. That's definitely you- felony speeding. You get arrested for that. Yeah. No? Happened uh, about a month ago, so um, he has a court date. His ticket said, they said you could pay it now if you want, $1.4 million. This seems excessive. It is. $1.4 million? Cato was astounded. His name is Cato. Connor Cato. I like that name. Connor Cato. Cato. Connor Cato, Action News 9. Yeah, Cato was astounded when he handed when he was handed the seven-figure charge. He called the court assuming it was a typo, but reportedly was told, nope, you can pay the fine or you can appear in court. So he said, well, I got to get a lawyer. So he got himself a lawyer and he appeared in court. His date is set for the 21st of December. But he found out in the meantime that uh, after hiring a criminal defense attorney that this is to make sure you show up. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's a placeholder yeah. to make you go? Yeah. $1,480,032.51. The lady told me on the phone, I, I told him this might be a typo. I don't know. I'm not sure. And I told her the amount it was. 
and she said, no, sir, that's the correct amount. You either pay the $1.4 million or appear in court on December the 21st at 1.30 p.m. The so maximum for a misdemeanor is $1,000. If it's a misdemeanor of high and aggravated nature, the maximum will be $5,000. Oh, boy. So that's to make you show up. Yeah, it's oh. just to make you show up. So he's going to show up December uh, 21st, but he already hired a lawyer and spent all that money. By the way, yeah, uh, what he, I don't know if you heard what he just said. He said the, the maximum fine they're going to impose on him is a 1000 bucks. Yeah, so... Well, if it's a misdemeanor, that's the most you can impose, yeah? Yeah, yeah, he'll get points on us. Georgia's a police state, first of all. Georgia oh, yeah. and Maryland, you want to drive around those states. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the, that's that's the hardest part about driving anywhere out of Florida is yep. getting through Georgia because it's six hours of just sheer terror waiting for somebody to be like, you looked in the other direction. Pull him over. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you gotten a speeding ticket? I sure have. Is the fine $1.4 million? It sure is. Yeesh. Well, at the law offices of Dewey, help you and eh, we can't really do much for you. Yes, we've helped countless people get out of their speeding tickets, but if it's $1.4 million, you're on your own. Sorry. Just listen to this dissatisfied client. I got a speeding ticket and it was $1.4 million. So I called the law offices of Dewey, Helpia, and yeah. And he was like, oh boy, that's a lot of money. Yeah, we can't do anything for you, but good luck. It was kind of a bummer. Oh, well, what can I say? 1.4 million is a little rich for my blood. <laughs> so if you got a speeding ticket for 1.4 million dollars, call the law offices of Dewey, Helpia, and eh, and we won't do nothing for you. Not making the law work for you. Se habla espanol. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. It certainly has, and it's all brought to you. The update by Farah and Farah. Here's where we are. The ground uh, assault on the Gaza Strip hasn't begun yet. We're checking the news every few minutes to make sure that it hasn't begun, but it's going to begin any minute. And I think it's too late already. Now, I thought, uh, don't they have to wait for Biden to show up and give his permission? I don't know, man. I don't like what's going on here. It looks like, first of all, the media in this country is turning on Israel. It didn't take more than a week. Universities and the students on those campuses like Harvard, Yale, and Stanford and all those, Colorado State, I mean, just disgusting crap going on there. These are kids, 18 to 24, calling for the extermination of Jews. When you hear that phrase, from the river to the sea, this one... That's what they're saying. That's what that means. Hamas wants to exterminate the Jews. They don't want to have, you know, we got these talking heads on TV, you know, with their suits on and they're so, and there's people that take them seriously, like they really know what they're talking about. You know, a lot of them, if you look at their background and the credentials, you go, yeah, this this guy knows what he's talking about. Look at him. He's been in the media for 30 years. He's been working for NBC. They don't have any, they have lost touch with reality years ago. Because they think stuff like, well, maybe we can set up a two-state situation. No, they, there's, there's no, no. There's no talking and reasoning with people like no, that, though. They want to exterminate the Jews, just like Hitler. There's no difference here. And that they would get on a campus and protest and the campus be okay with it? Where are we now? Yeah, why is the campus not freaking out? Because I guess they think that people are trying to support peace and going, hey, don't do anything. No more people need to die. I guess that's the reasoning they're behind it. They're listening to what they're saying, though, right? Well, it looks like the media is turning a little bit on it because that's what they want. They want the story of oppressor and oppressed. And Israel's got to be the oppressor. And of course, you know, the oppressed are the Palestinians and Hamas. you got to realize one thing. The truth they're not telling you. You'll hear it in some places. 
Palestinians voted for Hamas. Hamas didn't come in there and conquer the Gaza Strip or any of the Palestinian state. They voted for Hamas. This is who represents them. Now, they won by 44%, not a majority, but it doesn't matter. That's a ton of people. Now, there's some in there that just want to live their lives and go on with stuff just like there's Israelis. They want to do that, too. But uh, unfortunately, life is not a clean activity. Mm-hmm. There's going to be collateral damage. And Hamas knows that. And they know they play on our sympathies. So what they do is they use civilians as human shields. They fire missiles from people's kitchens. This is all true. Don't they go put the missiles in their house and then they fire from their homes? Yep. And medical facilities and schools. And then the other thing they do right now is the people in Palestine who want to get out to Egypt or anywhere else can't get out because Hamas is going door to door taking their keys to their cars. Trying to prevent them from leaving. Now they're training children to defend Gaza. Thousands of children have been given rifles and camo outfits that are going to go out there who don't know what they're doing. They're just kids to defend Hamas. It's crazy. But that's what's going on. Um, This is a story that has been uh, compared with Liam Neeson's movie Taken. So I need some kind of uh, Liam Neeson kind of spooky. Um, So former Israeli general rescue of his son's family from Hamas is what the story is about. So uh, during the terrorist attack on their kibbutz, this is being compared to Liam Neeson's Taken on social media. Award-winning journalist Amir Tibon, or Tibon was at home in Nahal, Oz, a kibbutz bordering Gaza, when Hamas attacked communities along the border October 7th. As the sounds of gunfire came closer to the safe room Amir's family was sheltering in, he rang his father, Noem Tibon, a 62-year-old retired major general living in Tel Aviv. On hearing the news, the grandfather, who spent his military career specializing in counterterrorism, replied to his son, Trust me, I will come. He knew that he would come. He says, this is my profession. Nobody can stop me. This is what they're telling NBC News. He immediately left Tel Aviv with his wife, armed only with a handgun, and drove south, intent on saving his family battling Hamas gunmen along the way, rescuing survivors of the music festival massacre and helping wounded Israeli soldiers. His son Amir told The Atlantic, after 10 hours, we hear a large bang on the window and we hear the voice of my father. Galea, my oldest daughter, says, Sabah, Hagi, grandfather's here. And that's when we all just started crying and that's when we knew we were safe. Naomi's outstanding bravery has been hailed on social media with users declaring him a real-life Brian, real Brian Mills, a former black ops specialist played by Liam Neeson in the movie Taken. Get out of here. Yeah, many compared Tiboon's or Tiboon's, I'm sorry I'm mispronouncing his name, Tiboon's comment, this is my profession, nobody can stop me. They compare it to when Liam Neeson said it in the movie. Yep. So. That's Holy incredible. crap, man. Isn't that something? Just armed with a, a pistol. Handgun. Just a handgun. He's hey. trained, though. Yeah. You know what you're doing. That's Holy crazy. Holy cow, man. Do I have that? Because I like to hear that right now. Uh, I think it's in one of the things. I come with a special set of skills. Yeah. I think I downloaded that. Well, it would have been good here. Well. But, uh, but I lost low it. Low budget show. It's fine. All right. Well, you know what it was. 
You know the thing. Oh, in theaters. No. No, that's not it. <laughs> all right. Here's an interesting story. We all know about the laptop. I don't have to go through the... Well, let me go through a brief history of the laptop. Laptop? What are you talking about? Hunter Biden's laptop. He was in a crack-induced stupor. He dropped it off at Delaware Computer Shop. You mean that nice old man, Joe Biden's son? I would never believe such filth. I don't know what Where the... Where do you get your news, Fox? I don't know what the assignment was, but it was to fix the let you know fix the laptop. Hunter Biden forgot about it, yeah. left it there. It had all tons of incriminating evidence on oh, there, yeah. not only of Hunter Biden, but of course Joe Biden. Yeah, but my daddy's important. No one's going to use that against me. The uh, FBI picked up the laptop. Giuliani gave it to him. Oh yeah, that's right, old Giuliani. <clears throat> but the guy at the Delaware repair shop kept a copy of the hard drive for himself. They destroyed his life. Totally, the FBI destroyed didn't his he, life. did he get death threats? Oh, yeah, death threats, you name it. So the FBI takes the laptop, and for two years we hear nothing. The West, the uh, New York Post puts out an article saying the laptop is real. They get a hold of it. Yeah. And they put out a whole article on it. Twitter, Meta, which was at the time just Facebook, and Instagram that they own, and all those uh, social media sites are coerced by our government, the FBI <clears throat> specifically, to say that it's Russian disinformation. There's no laptop. What are you talking about? What's that? That's nothing. The media, which some of you still trust, was told by the government and the FBI, this is Russian disinformation, and you will say that on the air. There are 50- there, uh, he, Biden got out there knowing full well that he was part of the content and said this. 50- Why isn't this playing? It's quiet. I know. What's going on? Here we go. Hit it. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. Russian government disinformation comes from the Kremlin. Part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. For all we know, these emails are made up. God love you, man. You're a one-horse pony. Then two years later, the New York Times of all newspapers, one uh-huh. of the most liberal newspapers in the country, comes out and says, oh, uh, it's real. Oh, I really? Still don't know why they did that, but they did it. And then it was collaborated by other newspapers, the Washington Post and others. And it turns out it is real. So it was determined that, yes, that's true. So Joe Biden somehow coerced 51 former intelligence officials to sign a letter saying it was Russian disinformation. They all lied. So they should all be indicted, right? I mean, but they're not. There's one guy now, Leon Panetta. Leon Panetta, I believe, is ex-CIA. He was a director. Oh, I may be wrong on that, but he still thinks. Yesterday, came out and says that the laptop is fake. I was extremely concerned about uh, Russian uh, interference uh, and misinformation, Uh, and my concern was to kind of alert the public mm. uh, to be aware that these disinformation efforts went on. Uh, and frankly, I haven't seen any evidence from any intelligence agency that that was not the case. You don't think that it, it was real? I, I think that uh, I think that disinformation. That was Brett Baer, by the way, going and saying, what are you, crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Uh is involved here. Uh, but obviously Hunter Biden said it was his laptop. <laughs> He's almost laughing. <laughs> because it's, it is laughable. And and this investigation continues. So you don't have any oh. regrets about doing what you did? No, I don't have any regrets about not trusting the Russians. I don't have any brains either. <laughs> is that crazy? Oh, yeah. 
Uh, what's more likely, do you think? What? That Putin is going through all this trouble to create an entire fake computer, or that maybe Hunter Biden's a crackhead and those all those videos of him smoking crack that we've all watched, by the way. Yep. Like, don't you realize all that stuff's on the internet? Yeah, but so many people I've seen, the argument I've seen from stupid people is, well, that's just his son. What does he have to do with the president? That has nothing to do with him. What his son does is not his dad's fault. Okay, then how come he didn't get arrested for any of the stuff that we... By the way, there's there's an article, if you're interested, there's a website called Grabian Media. You can just do Grabian. It'll come up, grabian.com. They prepared a uh, 12 points of evidence hard evidence on Joe Biden being involved with his son's business. It is not his son's business. Biden, Joe Biden, is the product. His son sells the influence while he was Mm -hmm. vice president. Everything's in there. This guy should be in jail. But of course, we have a two-tiered justice system. Mary Merrick Garland on 60 Minutes two weeks ago, we don't, crying. Oh, yes. Bawling his eyes out. We don't have a two-tiered justice system. We have one tier. Dude, it's like, stop with the waterworks. Anybody who's seen any court case knows that there's a rule for rich people and there's a rule for other people, okay? I mean, look at a small example. Look at Kevin Spacey. How many sex charges has he wiggled his way out of? Did he wiggle out of the last one? I think it got dropped. The last three. Yeah, but now without a rich attorney that you're paying millions of dollars a minute. Now, to be fair, though, you can't just automatically assume that he's guilty and say, oh, he was just let go. You don't know the case. You can't just say, oh, he was let go because he was famous. We don't no, know but I, the th- look at OJ. Okay, that's a better example. Yeah, I but mean, that it, that's all over the place. You yeah, got but- all kinds of... Uh, Justin Bieber, if I was street racing in a rented Ferrari while high on pills, I'd still be in jail for it. Bieber plays the DA's niece's birthday party and he's out gallivanting in, in Canada again or whatever he does. Okay. <laughs> I mean, tell me not. Jill needs a Tylenol. She's needed one since 6 a.m. We've been driving hurts. her nuts. I know. And it's like Rick dropped big. his salad bowl earlier. And Jill just like, oh, I'm just today's going to be the day. I'm just going to smack one of them. I just can't with the boys today. And finally, <laughs> um, Sunday, I was a uh, emergency 911 hero. I heard you sent a text and I was like barely reading it. I was kind of going through it. I was in the middle of doing something. I'm like. Rick saved someone's life. I He's think. like me, what big nine one one. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, "What did you do?" So uh, Sunday afternoon, I was on the corner of fifteen A and seventeen, and at the light, as I was approaching the the intersection, the light turned red. So I did a hard stop because I was going a little fast, and mm. I stopped. And you know, and then I I get the feel. I know the feeling when you're like, "Oh, it's yellow. Let's I can make it." Right. This time I didn't do it. Thank God. Because it would have been me. So I stopped at the red light and milliseconds later, boom! I mean, the Did you thud. hear the screech before it? Because that's the worst. No, there you don't was know where no, it's that, coming from. No, that's the Oof. bad part. There was no screech. Oh, nobody so had no time. Stop. Nobody had time Oof. to put brakes on. Oh, oh dude. So I'm going north. This Audi is coming south. And obviously, she thought she would beat the red light. So I'm guessing because from the velocity that I saw, she was speeding up. She was trying to go through the yellow to through the, the yellow, red. but okay. it was the red already. So it, she was coming full speed, full barrel. Uh-huh. Coming from the um, west to east direction was another car, and that car. When I'm, I'm assuming this. I don't know for a fact because it happened so quickly. Uh, I think she saw that the right side and left sides were turning yellow, so hers was going to turn green, oh. and she could keep rolling. No. And she kept rolling and was in the intersection a little bit early, 
I don't think she did anything illegal, but she was in the intersection. It probably turned green. It did turn green because I saw the lights turn red. So, But when she was in the middle of but it. But she was there quickly, and this Audi still thinking they could make the yellow. They didn't. They ran the red, and boom! I mean, yeah. it was a thud like I've, I'll never forget it. Holy cow. So uh, one car spins a couple of times, ends up on the curb. The other car is like, I don't know, about, eh, about 20 feet down the road. So uh, I call 911. I'm the only one there at the moment. You had to other, set your cheeseburger down. Other people, are, yeah. <laughs> a piece of the car ended up in the back of my car. What? I had the rear window rolled down, so I guess I didn't see it till I got home. I was like, God, it's weird. What's this? Wow. Big piece of back to the police station for evidence. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, 911 says, could you do me a favor? I need you to check on them, uh, the first car. And then where's the second car? I go, well, it's way down the road here. I'll have to go check on them. And they talked me through it. And then I told them what I knew. And then I got in the car and left. Wait, mm-hmm. you didn't have to do the report? No, it didn't. No, they didn't ask me to do a report. They took my phone number and all that. I'm sure I'll get a call from some, you know. Police give you one of them little ask- plastic badges? No, do I get one? Does he Maybe. get to be a deputy by proxy? Here yeah. you go. Honorary daily de- deputy Stacy. Yeah. You responded first. You getting a discount anywhere? Right. I don't know. Do right. I? Stacy, citizen don- on patrol. Do I get donuts? Anything? Well, you're first responder. That's true. Do I go to the next first responder event? <laughs> Do I get sandwiches from Jersey Mike's? I don't know. Oh. All right. Well, it, it was it was exciting. Okay. Very exciting. When danger strikes, an emergency hero is there to respond. Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. 911, where is your emergency? It's on the corner of 17 and 15A, T-bone accident. Is there anyone trapped in the vehicle and not breathing? I'll check. Ma'am, are you okay? I'm a little shook up, but why are you talking like that? It's my emergency voice, ma'am. Aren't you that guy on that morning show? That's right. Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. Hey, get your hands off my ass. What are you doing? Oh, checking your vitals. Emergency hero Rick Stacy holds the scene down while the EMTs arrive. Sir, I need you to check the other vehicle. I'm running over there right now. Oh, oh, someone's not breathing. Who is that? It's me. I just ran 10 feet. Send me an ambulance or a diet plan. 911 looks like the driver's in shock. Yeah, I'm in shock you're so out of shape. Shut up, sir. And why is a doofus morning show host pretending to be an emergency hero? Also, is Smokestack always really stoned on the air? When tragedy strikes and you need a dumbass with a cell phone running around pretending to be an emergency hero, call Rick Stacy, emergency talk show host, 911. Hey, can the ambulance give me a lift back to my car? I thought it was only 10 feet away. Tell you what, I'll have them drop you off at Planet Fitness instead. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, so I feel like this is true, especially with one of us in this room. I won't point fingers, but oh he sits god, here we the go. Glass here we there. go. What? What? What did I do? Oh, him. Yeah, not you. Okay. You're actually good at this. Yeah. You're not a good patient, but you're good at this. Two thirds of us won't see a doctor until something is extremely wrong. Yeah, that's true. Doctor said that to me yesterday. Did he really? Yeah, he said good thing because uh, you know I haven't had a colonoscopy. I had just had it last year, and I said, "When's my next one?" He goes, "You like them?" I go, "I love the propofol." <laughs> I, go, I go, "I'll tell you what, I'll pay you to, to check that up there every day if you want." That's a little weird. You don't, you never had propofol? I don't want somebody up my butt every single day. I, you That's don't, weird. You don't know they're up your butt. 
You don't forget so that. So the fact that they're up there and I don't realize it, okay. then it's fine? That's an excuse to get the propofol. It's no. the best sleep you'll ever have in your life. I understand, but the fact that yeah, you don't the, mind someone doing that every day of your life just so you could sleep I'll is a little them. weird to me. I'll pay them. They don't even have to put something in there. They can just pretend That's just, bonus. just to give me the propofol. Mr. Right Stacy, it's your second time this week. I think you're clean. Just, just check again. You got where's the sleep medicine? Yeah. Stuff is incredible. I want to be out so much, I don't even sense that time has gone by. No, it's like you slept for three years. It's like you had one of those things. That I've had propofol, but the fact that you want to go in and have your backside examined uh, no, just to I get don't, the medication. They can examine whatever they want. So They can do whatever they want. You can do whatever. It doesn't matter. I just want the propofol. That's very nice. It's like being in a coma for three years. I wake up and the cubbies won. Oh. <sighs> It is weird when you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my God, do that again. It's crazy, right? It's like a little kid. Do again. Do again. (laughs) Again. That's such scary to me, though, dude. That's like, you know, borderline death that is. No, 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 that's not. It's It's twilight. That's why anesthesiologists get paid so much money. You're bringing somebody to the brink of death and then trying to get them back out. No, it's not that. It's not anesthesia. This is not general anesthesia. Propofol is a little different. However, it's twilight. Who was it that died of propofol? Michael Jackson or Prince? Which one? Both. Yeah, he overdid it. That's what my, when I had to get my shoulder back into the socket after I dislocated it. Did a little propa? Yeah, so I was in there. He's like, uh... We're going to put your shoulder back in the socket. And I was like, you're going to put me to sleep, right? He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you the stuff that killed Michael Jackson, but just a little bit less. I was like, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. stuff is amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I had my shoulder out, but they didn't give me that. And I went to Jackson Memorial in Miami. They don't give you anything. Oh, they put me to sleep. A horrible place. No, yeah, they put me. They <laughs> were hold still, place. hold still, hold still. <laughs> no, they they put because I said you're not gonna like yank it back in place. He's like, oh god, no, we would never do that to you because you need to be relaxed in order for them to get it in right. And if you're awake, you're scared and you're tense. And yeah. They just That's what she said. He said you'll be out for 20 minutes. It'll be easy. Just enough for you to. Yeah, the colonoscopy is usually like 10 minutes. I mean, it seems like three years. Yeah, so, that, but go to the doctor if you feel like something's wrong. At least you better say something oh, sorry. The, you go, and it's like, if nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. But he, I mean, he won't go, and he's gurgling all the time. He doesn't even get a, I, a checkup every year. No, there's stuff gurgling in his shoulders and back. <laughs> <laughs> gurgling. My knees make noise, but that's because I cracked them and popped them. And oh, you're you're yeah, you're deflecting here because every day. Do you go get a blood test yearly to see if all your levels are okay? My levels of what? Cholesterol, triglycerides, too much fat in your blood. Make yeah. sure every, no, Does it look no like infection. I got too much fat in my blood? I'm infection-free? You, you could be skinny and still have a lot of fat in did your you blood. See, did you see the? Uh, they're, they're running a new ad now for some drug, and they show you the parasite that eats inside of you. Ooh, did you see that? No. It looks like you're going to SeaWorld. It's like, <laughs> things moving around. <laughs> it okay. looks like a snake. Can I tell you something gross? What? You want to be gross together? So I saw... On this was obviously on social media. This is if you bite your nails, this will make you never want to bite your nails again. So I'm actually helping you. Okay, this is a session. Everybody in, lie down, get ready. They took. It appeared to be like one of those little wooden sharp sticks, and they scraped underneath somebody's fingernails. Oh, get ready, and they put it under a microscope. There's critters everywhere. A lot of wiggly things. Really? A lot Ew. of wiggly things. And you're putting it in your nose. You're putting it in your nose and your mouth. Oh, I'll never do I'll never put it in my nose again. No, I'm one of those people that like has to meticulously clean under their fingernails. Because dirt under the fingernails just it it's a I can't with it. I, I have to I'm, have clean fingernails. Yeah, I'll instantly judge with that. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. 
Filth under the fingernails is a no-go. You took a pizza slice out of a box in a garbage can. It was trash adjacent, and but it was his, on the 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 cardboard. But his fingernails are clean. Exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> See, so make sure. that's the only way you can get away with eating food out of the trash is if you have clean fingernails. Speaking, the combination of both will just do you in. Yeah, no, that's you can't be gross in all areas. So, um, speaking of eating... More and more restaurants. Rick, I don't know if you have this at the diner or if you see this uh, more often than not. Uh, More restaurants are trying to deter influencers from coming into their restaurants. I don't. Oh, because they always want free stuff and they're taking pictures. I don't have any influencers. It used to be where people would love influencers to come into their restaurant because they knew they would take photos and they'd post it online. It's kind of like free advertising. But now they're saying the example that they're using is they're carrying tripods and they got the circle what? light and they're making a whole big photo shoot. And they're like, look, if you want to take a picture of your food before you eat it and post it, that's great. But you can't inconvenience all the other customers. This is not your photography studio. studio. Yeah, nobody's coming and doing that stuff, you know. I take pictures of your food. It's pretty. No, I know. I know. But, you know, no. No, oh, you got to be careful, too. Like if, th- th- some of those people, if you don't cater to them. They're like, well, I'm leaving a bad Yelp review. This is just uh, unacceptable. Yeah, I don't get that whole thing where where you they have, want everybody to know that they had a bad experience. Yeah, they have to they have to post that. Really, mm-hmm. you do, do I? You know, I'm going to find out where you work, and God forbid you do one little thing wrong, I'm going to post it on you, whatever your business and is. Critique what, what you do. Yeah, I'm going to give you one star. He took the pen out, and the pen didn't work. Yeah. yeah. That was so interesting when I first started in radio. I didn't understand, and I know, I know people do it now, and it just kind of rolls off your back because you've been doing it for so long, but it was so astonishing to me. My brain couldn't wrap around the fact that people would call and correct me all the time, or they'd write in and say, you're doing this wrong, or I can't believe you said that, or why'd you say this about this, or you left this part out, or why didn't you air that, why didn't you do... And I'm like, do I come to your work and sit and look over your shoulder and tell you everything you're doing wrong? I'm going to come and work with you tomorrow. I'm going to sit there in a chair right behind you. I'm going to criticize every little thing you do. It was just the strangest thing to me. Now I like it because we have our listeners are great. I don't know about other people's listeners. We have wonderful listeners for the most part that will actually help you if you sit there and go, oh, hey, I was you know looking for this story and I can't remember the name of the guy and they'll send it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're excellent. They're like our, our little uh, new staff. I love it. So you have to be careful if you're going Rick hates weddings. He's, I'm just saving, I'm sparing you that Rick going. I hate weddings. I'm just gonna go preemptive strike on that one. But when you go to somebody's wedding, you ever go to their um, Rick's answer is no because Angie gets it. Uh, their registry to try to buy them a gift. No, no, I just get them an air fryer because everybody needs one or wants <laughs> one or has one, and they're very they're popular right now. Those are expensive. Um, Those are not air it's fryers. A, better than a toaster. 39 bucks. Who's buying a toaster for people? I used to. Um, That's like old school stuff. Toaster, blender. You get them a pickle slicer, one of those Parmesan cheese graters. Gift certificate to Ace Hardware. Yeah. Lately, I've been seeing people, they don't have anything on their registry. It's a... um, more highbrow GoFundMe, basically, for their honeymoon. So it'll say, donate here so the happy couple can, or you can give them, uh, it'll say $50 will get them a bottle of champagne one night in their room, or you know, $100 will get them the you know massage on the beach or whatever it is, yeah. and they want money, um, which I can't really sp- speak down on. I'm Italian. Here's 20 bucks. Enjoy one half of a beverage on well, me. Well, Italians, you, we give cash or a check. Like, that's just, you give money. That's what you do. You go to the wedding, and that's money in the envelope, and that's mm. just part of our, just what we do. Um, so I'm not poo-pooing on the money thing, but this couple tried to get away with something. They went down, and someone was looking at their registry, and it was like, toaster, blender, uh, flatware, $230 speeding ticket, what? another blender, and people were like, huh? 
apparently one of the one of the, the people in the wedding, I don't know if it was the bride or the groom, got a speeding ticket, and they thought they'd throw it on their registry to see if somebody would pay it for them. Oh, and did they? Um, it just says it's been viewed uh, 350,000 times. They had the words, please help, under it. Um, and somebody said, yeah, this is a wedding gift I can get behind. And so people were donating to it. I, I don't mean, know if it wasn't one person that paid 230 but people were throwing money on it. Right. So that they would be able to pay off their speeding tickets. Okay. Good idea. Creative. I like that. So yesterday we told you that Will Smith broke his silence following the fact that Jada Pinkett Smith was like, yeah, I slept with our son's friend. Yeah, we've been separated for seven years. Ugh. Yeah, so what? She's such a scumbag, dude. This is, ta- this is turning into the Markle, Meghan Markle thing again. Yes. Yes, precisely. It's like... What she doesn't understand is like Jada Pinkett, all your cred comes from Will. Okay? You had one acting gig in that terrible Matrix movie, was the second one that nobody liked. And you weren't even that good. What, you dated Tupac for two seconds? She was in a band, by the way. Really? The Pinkets? Yeah, she, no, she was. <laughs> <laughs> Jada Pinkett and the Pinkettes. She was, no, she, I was in LA and uh, we were going around, I forget where I was, in my 20s, and um, we were going to some club and she, her band was playing because I couldn't figure out why this club was so crowded. It was like a little nothing in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is there so many people here? Just so I go, like her. Jada Pinkett's <laughs> band is performing. I'm like, Jada Pinkett Smith? They're like, yeah. I'm like, she's in a band? They're like, yeah. I'm what like, does she play clarinet? She sings. <laughs> she was the singer, and it was like a singer? rock band. It was like a heavy rock band. God. It was really strange. Yeah. Um, but not to be outdone, because, you know, Jada's coming out with her memoir book, which is, I feel like, why she's doing all of this. I wrote a book, and now I'm going to go reveal and divulge all these things about me that nobody ever wanted to know. Please. Tell me nobody's going to buy it. Well, not to be outdone, Will was like, well, wait a minute. I, I'm going to turn... I'm going to release a book. It's going to be a book on tape. Really? Mm. Jada Pinkett Smith may have her own memoir, but Will won't be silent. The following are excerpts from the new Will Smith memoir, as read by Will Smith. Chapter 1. In West Philadelphia, I was born and raised. (laughs) On the playground was where I spent most of my days. Uh, Chapter 6. The year was 1997. Uh, I knew I needed to get something. Then I realized what I needed getting was jiggy with it. (laughs) Chapter 7, I had an offer to star as Neo in The Matrix. And um, I was like, nah, man, I'm going to do Wild Wild West instead. (laughs) Uh, Bad move. Nobody will ever know. The new Will Smith memoir. It's a slap in the face to the book world. Chapter 20. As I left my house to go to the Academy Awards, um, I said to Jada, not only am I going to win the Oscar, but it'll be the biggest story of the night. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you ready for some stupid news? It's stupid. Yeah. But we like it. Here's Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Okay, you know, about two years ago, Elon Musk had an Oktoberfest-style event at the Tesla Gigafactory in Berlin, Germany, where he announced the facility would even have its on-site beer. It's becoming reality. It's called Gigabeer. Giga beer. Giga beer was released in Europe in May and um, couldn't be shipped to the U.S. Now the company's taking orders for two packs of Tesla Cyber Beer, a limited edition set that includes a pair of reusable ceramic cyber steins. Really? I'd like to add that. Okay. The beer comes in black angular glass bottles that are supposed to resemble Tesla's long-awaited cyber truck and can be yours for 150. What? 150 plus shipping. 
That's kind of a lot. 150 bucks for beer. Well, a lot. how many? It's a two pack. Is it a 40? What is it? Is it a six pack? I don't know. That's, That's what I'm a asking. lot for a six pack. It's 150 bucks for a two pack of Tesla Cyber Beer. Oh, so 12 beers. Oh, maybe it's, it's like 12? A, because it's a German thing, it comes in a big. Maybe you get like a little barrel, like a little oh. pony keg or something. Well, you get in the Stein too, so that's nice. Yeah, the Stein's big enough. Oh to hold. no, it's a two, so it's a two pack. It is, it's two, but it's a really large, pretty. Thing. That's what I saw, like yeah. a forty ounce, something like yeah, that. Yeah. All right, but one hundred and fifty for that—that's kind of a lot. We don't have forty ounces down here, do we? God, we, we had a 40. club back home that all you could order at the bar, all they served was forties uh, of Colt forty-five in a paper bag. It was awesome. <laughs> Wow. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. But why take chances? The power of Colt 45. It's great. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think we only have like 32s or 36s here. Really? Yeah, only no, they 40s? won't sell 40 ounces. Why? Miller, Miller High Life doesn't come in no. a 40? No, not in Florida. <clears throat> oh, in Florida. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. we don't let people have 40s. They're like, nah, 32. That extra eight ounces is really going to do you in. <laughs> so you order two 32s and you're fine. That's strange about different states. Like, I lived in Indianapolis for three months, and I remember the biggest, I was like 19. The biggest problem was that uh, they had three two beer for if you were under 21. What is that? It's only 3.2% alcohol, not it's the regular. still alcohol. Yeah, so yeah. So they thought they were doing something good by making making you drink 3.2% beer. I'll just so have would, 10 of them. You would, exactly. You would drink twice as much. You're 19. I mean, you, you can drink all the beer you want. Wow. Oh, man. I remember, you remember when they, before they changed Four Loco? Yeah. And they saw the original recipe Four Loco? No, yeah. That'll knock you That what is stuff that? would, Four Loco? No, I've never heard of it. You never heard of Four Loco? Yeah, buy it at the convenience store. How do you spell it? Four Loco. Four. You're like my husband. Like the number F O U R and then L O K O. Oh, okay. I yeah. asked my husband to spell something for me. He'll say something in Spanish. Yeah. Like say he said for loco, and I'll say how do you spell it? And he'll go for loco. And I'm like, you're not spelling it. You're pronouncing it. So it's four like the letter four, and loco like crazy. Yeah. You you've seen yeah. those? Never it, seen it before in my yeah, life. Yeah. It's got the big four, and then it's it's four loco. It was like um. It was like an energy drink. But like now they Red added Bull, alcohol into it? Well, it would. It started like super alcoholic. And a lot. It's a malt liquor, like a Zima. Yeah, it was alcohol and caffeine, essentially. Oh, God, that won't and make your heart explode. Really, yeah, it was <laughs> like, <laughs> like Garana and Taurine. Great. It was, yeah, it's malt liquor with Red Bull in it, and people were just getting torqued on these things to the point where they had to, like, ban them and make a... I don't know, a less dangerous version. You know what all the idiots in my college did and drank? trade them for anything outside the state. Freshman year of college, I'll never forget. The thing that people drank, because it got you, just don't drink this, by the way. I'm not telling you to do it. Oh, they're going there right now. They would drink Gatorade and Everclear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't even get that. We used to have Gatorade and Ouzo. Because it would go right to your bloodstream because of the Gatorade and the electrolytes, and they Mm -hmm. would drink it, and it's like, and they always wound up throwing up, and yet every party, they're like, I need to go pick up some Everclear. I'm like, why are you drinking straight grain alcohol? It makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look, depending on state regulations, Four Loco is sold at 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, 13.9, or 14% alcohol by volume. Wow. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty gross. Uh, I don't know if you know Staten Island, one of the boroughs in New York, but it's an island. It's, uh, you know, you go to Brooklyn and then you go to the bridge and then you go. Portion of the former Fresh Kills landfill in Staten Island. It is the la- was the largest landfill in our country. It's nor- Imagine all five boroughs dumping all their crap no. in a landfill. So in Staten Island's turned the uh, entire Fresh Kills landfill into a park. 
Except there's one little issue you should know about before you go there with the kids and toss the frisbee to the dog and swing the kids on the swing. What? The soil that is replenishing the entire field is there people? is, yeah. No, it's, oh, I was, it's human feces. Oh, it's poop. Yeah. Ew. Well, that's fertilizer, yeah? Yeah, but, yeah, but not, that's not human fertilizer for you. Yeah, like North Korea does the same thing with their crops. Mm-hmm. And like as a result, they have a, a bad problem with people getting weird infections because it's people's poop. There's everywhere. <laughs> the soil will be replenished continuously by composting human feces flushed from a solar-powered restroom. Oh, these these greenies! I'm telling you, <laughs> you're all full of compost. Mayor Eric Adams heralded the dung-filled development during a groundbreaking ceremony at the former home of world's largest garbage dump on Sunday. He's a dung-filled development. The waste from the composting restroom will go back into the field to nourish the soil. We're turning crap into energy, he said. Turning crap into energy. All right. Yeah. yeah well, you know, be honest. It's going to smell like the rest of New York. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong there. And finally, Japan Airlines had to schedule an extra flight over concerns that a group of sumo wrestlers exceeded the weight limit for two planes. What? Yeah. He says it's extremely unusual for us to operate special flights due to the weight restrictions on the aircraft, according to an airline representative, told a local Nimami Nippon Shumbun per The Guardian, the nightmare at 30,000 pounds occurred when the Titanic Tusslers were slated to fly from Tokyo to Osaka to attend the special national festival on Amami Oshima Island. So there was how many... many sumo wrestlers were climbing on here? Well, here's what it says. Calculating the sumo wrestlers weighing in at 264.55 pounds on average, 100 pounds more than the typical passenger per the airline, uh, they had to get three Boeing 737-800s to carry the sumo wrestlers to the competition. What? Wow, just put them on a tugboat or a barge. <laughs> the total carrying of the sumo wrestlers included 460 sumo wrestlers. Do the math. That's not even including their luggage. That is right. <laughs> wow. Attention sumo wrestlers. Ready for an airline that's perfect for you and your lifestyle? Then come aboard Jet Sumo with more flights to more destinations for more sumo wrestlers than any other airlines. You'll love our sumo size lavatories with extra large toilet seats for your giant sumo butt. Hungry? Well, our flight attendants come around every five minutes with sumo-sized Cheetos and Doritos for you to snack on. And don't worry, we've removed the armrests of all of our seats so you can take up the whole row with your giant sumo body. Just listen to this satisfied jet sumo passenger. You can say that again. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> if you're a sumo wrestler, come aboard Jet Sumo Airlines. Book your flight today. Wake up! Stream the Rick Stacy Morning Show at 1059sunnyfm.com. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.